Welcome to the last Sports Block podcast of 2023. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host, the voice of the Mitchell Colonels. It's Travis Krenz. Travis, let me be among the last to wish you a Merry Christmas and let me be among the middle, I would presume, to wish you a Happy New Year. I think the first to wish me a new year. I haven't seen many people. Well, there we go. I haven't seen many people in... Uh, I've worked the last two days and there's been not many people there, so... Very good. Uh, well, it is the holiday. It is. Next, year, next year, Christmas is on a Wednesday. Are people just going to so, take like the those two weeks off? I feel like they most will. Well, the New Year's will be on a Wednesday, so that'll be that'll be no production at all. Those two weeks, for sure, for sure. Everyone, just take those two weeks off. And enjoy the time with your family and friends. Uh, how was your Christmas? I know that South Dakota and North Dakota got hit with a big snowstorm. There was a lot of ice uh, that really made travel difficult, especially for the uh, northern uh, South Dakota, north uh, northeast South Dakota along I-29 and Fargo. Br- uh, Bismarck got hit with some ice. There was a lot of snow, mainly like in the middle part of South Dakota, Pierre, and a little bit of Mitchell. I saw what, uh, what, uh, what happened? How did you fare? And were you able to make it to all your Christmas destinations? Yeah, we got like five inches of snow. It was pretty much all on Monday. Went to my parents on Saturday. Got there about, uh, o'clock or noon. Then we left after the Vikings game. We got home like at 5 o'clock, so. It was just all rain that weekend, and Sioux Falls hardly got any snow at all. And, yeah, it was fine driving home. It was just people leaving earlier to get home instead of being trapped. Yeah, it was Monday. We were at a blizzard morning Monday. It was windy, and... I guess we had six inches. They said five. So five. So yeah, it was it was not too terrible. Well, it was like a five, a five out of ten on the scale. It was like all right. It was you could get places like close the interstate west, west of Mid. about a day. But yeah. um, otherwise, it was. It was fine. It's just crazy, though, because we've had unseasonably warm temperatures throughout much of fall and and winter here. And, y'all, you're thinking, oh, we're going to have a brown Christmas. And all of a sudden, this storm comes out of nowhere. And depending on where you were, you were either getting hit with snow, you were getting hit with a wintry mix, maybe some freezing rain and ice, or otherwise just rain. Where we were at uh, in Waconia with my dad, uh, it was all rain. It was all rain. And then we traveled on Sunday from... (laughs) Uh, Waconia to Fergus, uh, and and it was all rain. It started to turn to a wintry mix right about two fifteen when we got there, so we made it just in time. But uh, just it's just crazy how not too far away, blizzard conditions, icy conditions, and for some of us it was just rain. And again, it just kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere, and we're all thinking about a brown Christmas. And uh, I guess you know half of the Dakotas got a white Christmas after all. It was like even on. Wednesday, it's still it's going to be rain, and about Thursday, it's going to be snow. I don't know there was a, a temperature change, I don't know. Because we got five inches, and Sioux Falls got one, if that. So that's the only difference of like 60-some miles. Mm-hmm. So, and it's fairly 
pretty nice out. It's still 30, 30 degrees, 33 degrees, supposed to be 35 tomorrow. So the temperatures are still, still, still above average, despite snow. So yep. kind of just a sloppy mess out there because it is not, you know, it's not 10 degrees out. It's still 30 some degrees. So everything is, is melting right away. So. Well, and when I had checked, Fergus Falls was supposed to get, like, they were saying, watching for a potential winter storm, three to five, one to three inches on Sunday, three to five inches Sunday night, one to three inches on Monday. And then it was all just rain and ice. We ended up having to cancel uh, Christmas on Monday because of the icy conditions and stuff on the roads coming in later in the afternoon. But it just seems like they didn't have a great handle on where this was going. And as you said, it could have been, you know, slightly warmer temperatures somewhere, maybe a shift of just a little bit. I mean, it it was just crazy how everyone got something different within a relatively short uh, area. It was like five, five to 15 inches. So they had no idea what was happening. Then it was eight to 10. Then it was six to 10. And we ended up with five. So it was on the lower end. And I don't know what they got in the middle portion. They got more off of the white winter and somewhere in the central part they got more than we did. So yeah, everybody, everybody that needed snow, you got your goddamn snow. So. Well, we didn't get snow. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. Send it my way. Send it my way. Uh, you mentioned you watched the you left after the your parents after the Vikings game. Vikings lose the NFC North to the Detroit Lions, thirty to twenty four. Nick Mullins throws four interceptions. Awful duck at the end. Uh, he throws that with the right velocity. He hits Justin Jefferson. Uh, it's down no no worse than at the one yard line. The Vikings likely win the game. Uh, just oh, I well it, the, potentially uh, poor calls. And uh, this game just really summed up the Viking season in a nutshell. See, Nick Mullins is exciting because you never know what's going to happen when he throws it. But, you know, Josh Dobbs really couldn't throw the ball much. But um, I would hope they go with Jaron Hall here these last two games. I would, I would suspect they will. You gave Nick Mullins a shot. He's, that's why he is a backup because... Too many turnovers against the Bengals, against the uh, the Lions. The Lions. Yep. So it's it's time to see what the rookie quarterback has. Well, and the other two guys have had they've had they've had their moments. So now it's time to do this. So. Well, and the, the turnovers against the Bengals directly cost the Vikings the game there because they happened when they were within field goal range. The only one that uh, I think really impacted the Vikings on Sunday was the the last one to Jefferson that came out like a duck. Uh, but they needed a touchdown anyway, so it's not like, oh, we have to play conservative because a field goal will win. Um, just bad. I mean, Jefferson makes one of the great catches you'll see in double coverage on a third and 27. And then Powell goes for 24, and I thought, oh, my God, they're going to find a way to win. The Lions are on their heels. And then... You see this pass, and it's like, oh, my God, it's a duck. You're like, oh, please, oh, please, don't get picked. And then you see the replay and how open Jefferson was, and he had another guy open in the, the flat on the left side, and it's just like, ugh. Just 
it's just costly and it sucks. And then to add injury to insult, TJ Hawkinson is done for the year with a torn ACL and uh, MCL. Uh, Addison got hurt. DJ Wanham partially torn quad. Who knows if we've seen the last of him in a Vikings uniform or not. Maybe this means he'll come back. I don't know, but uh, between that and then, you know, also Brian Flores' defense coming crashing down to earth the last couple of weeks, it's just a synopsis of the Vikings season. They don't know when to give up and say, all right, we've had enough. <laughs> they just end this. Like, hopefully they lose the last two. I think they can pick maybe 11th or 12th. There is, a, there is a way, I didn't see how, but there is a way they could pick top five if a number right. of different things yeah. happened. So that gives you some room, you know, if you're picking 10 or 11 or 12, you know, you're in the mix because Caleb Williams is going to go one, Drake May is going to go two. And then you figure out what you want to do. So, yeah, you've got decisions to make. You've seen what this team looks like with a different quarterback. We'll see if it's a third year of just every game's close to where... If they play the Bears and they hardly score, the defense is great. They play the Raiders, they shut them out. Well, don't you think Kirk Cousins makes a vast difference in both of those games? No. What? Oh, my God. What? What? Uh, they barely beat the Panthers. That was by far his worst game of the year. But yeah, every other like game everybody saw great. Kirk Cousins was an MVP and Kirk Cousins was this and that and there's he's played for 10 years. We've seen what he's done for 10 years. I've seen him for six. They were, what were they, five and four with him, four and five with him, and then they go on this winning streak without him. Now they're on this losing streak without him. And it hasn't mattered. Again, like I said last week, it hasn't mattered who's been the quarterback in any of these games. It's Every game has been close. We have like a 30-game sample size now of what this is, and I would imagine the Packer game will be close this week, and I'd imagine the Lions game will be close the week after, unless Jaron Hall just completely falls on his face. So I don't... This isn't like, oh, what could have been season, just another lost season. Oh, oh no, I think this is a what could have been season if they're fully healthy. I mean, mean, cry. We've been... No, if if Kirk Cousins plays... And then we've seen Justin Jefferson back, and... He had a great game, but it didn't matter because they didn't win because it just doesn't because the quarterback threw too many interceptions and they gave up 30 points. That's so it's, not it's because not of a, Jefferson. Like you I said, don't, it's not his fault. He did what he did. And this will this, go into something later on for you know, MVP discussion. But, you know, Jefferson playing well doesn't translate into winning. The quarterback has to play well. The defense has to play well. Mm-hmm. I can see. I can look at Justin Jefferson's stats, and that does not tell me a thing about whether or not they won. Right. Oh no, absolutely. I can look at the, quarter, look at the quarterback stats and see. Well, he threw four interceptions. Well, they probably should have lost by more than six, but they didn't. I can look at the defense, and when they gave up thirty points, well, they were still in the game. Well, so but I, I don't have any. Oh, they would have won the division. They would have made the playoffs. Maybe they would have made the playoffs. I don't think they would have won the division. But they certainly would have, wouldn't have done any better with Cousins for those next five games oh, where Dobbs was hot. They beat Atlanta and they went on this run. They beat New Orleans. But two of those wins came with Cousins at the helm against Green Bay, against San Francisco. 
Sure. So it's, but I, I, and, I don't, and I don't like it. It, uh, I've seen Kirk Cousins enough not to think, well, he was. Some, so again, something would have happened. It, it, the defense would have done. The, the, if the offense is bad, the defense is good. If the defense mm-hmm. is good, the offense is pretty good. Yep. There's been no consistency for two years with with yep. any of this. See, I think so. the offense has been good outside of the turnovers. They just need to figure out how to uh, keep the ball and not turn it over, which would be great. So I'm going to disagree with you on the Cousins take, but you mentioned the MVP talk. And this, it was San Francisco at home against Baltimore Christmas night, and everyone's talking about this is the ne- the next game of the year, and Baltimore thumps San Francisco 33-19. to Brock Purdy threw four interceptions. The MVP talk for him is done. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a couple of passing touchdowns. He ran it okay. But you look at his numbers on the year, and he's got only like 19 passing touchdowns. He's got five or seven rushing touchdowns. And people are like, oh, man, this is Lamar Jackson's MVP uh, to lose now. And it absolutely is not. I think Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of the league, and I would vote Tyreek Hill second. But Christian McCaffrey is doing things we just don't see. And if you look at Lamar's stats, they're not even up with some of the other quarterbacks in the league. So I don't see how, I mean, yes, he is having a better passing year because of the the change to Todd Munkin, at offensive coordinator. You got some good wide receivers, Zay Flowers. They brought in Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Nelson Aguilar, and uh, stuff like that. Not that Aguilar's great, but they, they added weapons in the wide receiving core to help with that. But I look at Lamar Jackson like, yes, Baltimore is great, but no, I would give this to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's doing things that we just don't see. He set the NFL record for most touchdowns. He in a, uh, in straight games. But that's but that included this year. I mean, he's just he's on a torrid pace. He does more for that 49ers team. And I think he is the reason why they are winning more games than Brock Purdy is. And certainly, I think, you know, if the two records are the same, I think it's a sl- I think it should be a slam dunk that Christian McCaffrey wins because his stats are significantly better than Lamar Jackson's. Yeah, Lamar Jackson be him. That's not even worth the discussion. Like you know, he wasn't in the discussion before. Like he played well Monday night, but it was the defense that won the game. Well, apparently it, he is part of the discussion, and now he is the heads-on favorite according to pretty much all the pundits out there. I'm like, well, I didn't see anything that changed my mind in terms of who I would vote for as MVP. Maybe he jumps up to two ahead of Tyreek, but no one's going to change my mind on Christian McCaffrey. His stats are just too good. Like, Brock Purdy is the MVP. He's, he's the best quarterback this year. I would take Purdy over Lamar, sure. But I don't think he's, he's going to win. Quarter, he's the best over everybody. We'll take him over Mahomes, Josh Allen. Based on what he's done, is there another quarterback better than him? Um, Statistics-wise, statistics no. Yeah, I don't good. think he is the best quarterback in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL, and it's not even close. Yeah, I would say that. And you would say Brock Purdy was hurt last week by the four exceptions. A couple were deflected. It was a bad game for him. But then people forget, okay, how do he do against the Eagles? He's great. 
and tore them up. How do you do against the Cowboys? They just demolished the Cowboys. So people, people will find reasons not to give it to him because of who he is. To where if you know he was, if he was Trey Lance, he'd be a shoe in for MVP with the same number. <laughs> no, Trey Lance was supposed to be good. So he's he's done more than enough for me to win MVP. Like, uh, you watch the game Monday night, you would say Brock Purdy played poorly. Mm-hmm. You would say Christian McCaffrey had a pretty good game. Subpar by his standards this year, but overall a, a, de- a decent game, yes. And what happened? They lost by 14. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey doesn't really matter whether they win or not. It's, it's like, it's... it's they need Brock Purdy to play well to win a Super Bowl. If he plays like this, it, it's they're not going to win. So when you talk about most valuable player, we saw the NFC Championship game last year against the Eagles, mm-hmm. and Brock Purdy got hurt very early on with the elbow, and then they bring in the backup, Josh Johnson, and they can't—they literally can't move the ball. Yep. If Christian McCaffrey's out of the game, but Brock Purdy's in there. Maybe they lose, or at least they've got a shot. We saw what happened when Brock Purdy was out. They had no shot. So for value, for the value of a player, like that right there, look how valuable he was. Sure. So that's, that's an argument for him. Yep. yep. McCaffrey's having a great year. I would say if I'm voting, Brock Purdy would be one. Tyree Kill would be two. And Christian McCaffrey would be three. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's how I would. Do we need go. to change? I mean, Brock Purdy leading the league in all these categories. Mm-hmm. And you have to go back 20 years to find anybody better than some of these numbers. Right. And I don't think people understand or realize. And they'll say, oh, it's the team around him, and part of that's the case. But he's leading in this category, in that category, in this category. It's like Mahomes hasn't done this, nobody else has done this since. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's put into... That might be my next blog post. Of, Here's this guy that's doing this. So he, nobody's done it in 20 years. Nobody's done this in 15 years. And it's Brock Purdy. And somebody tweeted, somebody that I know tweeted out, if Sam Darnold does something here on this drive, well, there's going to be conversations in San Francisco. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. No, no. I mean, I wanted to tweet, like, really... You, you don't. So, no, I think that's a, I, I think that's a valid point there. Uh, I wonder too now. I mean, Baltimore, Miami, that is the game of the week this week. Uh, CBS opted not to flex that into the late afternoon window. They should have because Bengals Chiefs has nothing right oh. now, especially uh, with with the way the Chiefs look and the Bengals. You know, Jake Browning came crashing back down to earth, but. You know, I wonder now, what if Baltimore loses on Sunday to Miami and Lamar Jackson has an interception and maybe a couple of touchdowns? Is he still the MVP or does it go back to Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey? Like, does Baltimore have to win out? We still got two weeks to go, so we'll have to wait and see. It just seems like they're just basing it off of who wins. So if Baltimore loses, is the MVP race now no longer Lamar Jackson's? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's... For him to be the favorite, the betting favorite, I mean, that 
I don't know if that makes him the favorite favorite, but that is just ridiculous. You look at his year and mm-hmm. just, oh, it's just okay. Like, all right. Yeah. Like, if, if you were in the, you were not in the discussion before that, and he didn't do anything. Well, he he was, but I don't, I didn't think it was. I, 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 where was he at in the, it was that Prescott who was the favorite for a while. Yeah, until, uh. These other two. Yep. Until uh, until the Buffalo game, Dak, Dak Prescott was on there, and then Lamar Jackson was still hanging around there. But then he surged ahead of Prescott after that loss to Buffalo that the Cowboys had a couple weeks ago. He's always kind of been in the mix, but now he's been talking. It's like, okay, then are we? Should we just rename it the NFL Most Valuable, you know, like MVQB, because it's not the most valuable player? Because Lamar Jackson's stats don't bear that out. No, you watch him and you know what you get. He's a good player and he needs to win in the playoffs. And, like, Baltimore needs to get to the Super Bowl. Like, the AFC is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You need to get to the Super Bowl. Ravens have maybe been the, the best team, but they've, they've had their hiccup along the way, too. Yep. And he passed for 170 yards last week against Jacksonville. He passed yep. for 177 against the Chargers mm-hmm. a month ago. It's like... He just wasn't in the discussion. And all of a sudden, his defense does well. And all Lamar Jackson. It's like, oh, it's like, you know, like he throws it. He started that game like one for five, one for six. He was terrible. Yeah. You're like, Jesus Christ, just, you know, you ain't going to get any better at this point. It's like, God damn, be more accurate. Mm-hmm. Complete some passes. So that was, you know, that's ridiculous. So, no, it's, I mean, I think. Like, Tyreek Hill is very important, I think, to Miami. Yep. And if he's, you know, if he has an injury or he can't be around, he's been picked up a little bit, that'll affect them. But if, it, if it's any, you know, I can live with Christian McCaffrey. I can live with Brock Purdy. I can live with Tyreek Hill. If it's any if it's any other than those three, then something, something, something happened and it's yep. probably not. Yep, absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, there's even been some talk about Miles Garrett too, with how with what he's done on that Browns defense and kind of keeping the Browns, you know, in the playoff mix at ten and five. And you know, with the, I mean, they're on four quarterbacks now. Joe Flacco's been playing good, but you kind of wonder if this is the Josh Dobbs effect too. Like, when does he come crashing back down to earth? Maybe he won't. But I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not a like foregone conclusion. I think you know Miles Garrett has a, a reason. I mean, this Browns defense is really pretty good. But then again, you look at it, and uh, the Browns have given up 311 points, Baltimore only 244. So that kind of negates that impact that Miles Garrett has. I mean, he's very good, but, I mean, you got to look at the points allowed too. And, yeah, if Miles Garrett is so good and he's taking up two guys, that means the rest of the guys behind him or alongside him on the defensive line, they should their numbers should be better, and it appears that, it really isn't. And he's one guy, and it's like, you know, who I isn't somebody from Baltimore? Baltimore got the best defense. Is there anybody from Baltimore in the MVP discussion? No. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Cleveland, look out for the Browns. They keep playing like that. They have Bill Flacco keep playing like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in these playoffs because, especially on the AFC side, because the Chiefs look like dog shit. Dog shit. They don't have to play. Like if you get a Buffalo, a Kansas City first round matchup, and Buffalo just usually does not lose 
two games. Like the one game they lost is the game everybody remembers in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they've beaten the Chiefs pretty much every time. In Kansas uh, City. In Kansas City. Jacksonville looks awful. Yep. The Browns look as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, if Cleveland had to go to Miami, I think Miami would be a little worried about that. Miami is a huge factor. Yep. So, I'm interested to see where Cleveland goes here. And I don't, I don't think they can win the division. Baltimore, um, if they both finish here 12 or... Where would uh, 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 I guess they're two back in you know, Baltimore. Who's Baltimore got? Uh, they have uh, they have Miami and Pittsburgh, and Cleveland has the Jets and Cincinnati. So if they win both of those games, and Baltimore were to say lo- to lose both games, the Browns would win the division because they uh-huh. have a better divisional record. Well, then the Browns are still alive. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've got a shot here because you know Pittsburgh. You know with Pittsburgh, who knows? What happened to Pittsburgh, but um, I'm very intrigued by the Browns. Good defense, mm-hmm. and look look what a good quarterback is. Yep. Uh, speaking of quarterback play, there's significant news out of Denver where the Broncos have benched Russell Wilson. Uh, it's going to be Jared Stidham starting this week. Who does Denver play? The, the Chargers, I think. Um Bizarre situation here. Now, it seems as though they're doing this as a financial uh, move because it I think it saves $37 million or whatever if he doesn't play a certain number of games or start a certain number of games. But, I mean, this is... I looked, I looked, and I just saw that they don't want him to get hurt. Oh, bullshit. For what? Well, if he gets hurt, they still have to pay him this $37 million that gets... You know, that's automatic in March. But they're still alive for a playoff spot. So why would you... So yeah. what you're saying... Granted, it's it's unlikely. But what you're saying is, yeah, we're not looking ahead to next... Or we're not looking to try and win this year. We're looking ahead to next year. And we're going to look for a different quarterback. And this is the reason, the main reason why I said Sean Payton is an idiot for taking the Denver job because of Russell Wilson. And you think about all of the guys that Denver had to give up, all of the, the big contract that he got, all of this dead money that they're potentially going to have to eat up here over the next several years, assuming that he that they part ways in the offseason. But where, where is Denver's, uh, where is their uh, quarterback of the future? Because they would have to trade up somewhat significantly to get any picks or to, to get like a good quarterback. So, I, I mean, this is, this is just bizarre. Like Denver, th- this is a, it, this is odd. And the only way that this can be looked at as good is if they land a Caleb Williams or a, um, you know, Drake May or Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nick, someone like that, that can transform and be your long-term franchise quarterback. Next year's probably the last year for him in Denver, and then they can finally move on. They'll have to take a hit of some sort, but next year is the last year in which he's guaranteed something. And whatever I can tell, this is to this is what they've got like a one percent chance to make the playoffs. On the the percentages there, and they've lost three or four. They haven't played well. And I think this is just to make sure he doesn't get hurt because the last thing you want is for him to get hurt. You've got one year left with him. 
and then you, you can't move him at all. You can't release a injured player. So if he tears an ACL, and I, they would look like an idiot if they played him, they say all you had to do was bench him for two meaningless games and said you played him, and he tears his Achilles or whatever he would do. So you think he'll be back next year? Yeah, he'll be back next year unless they trade him, and I can't, they're not going to cut him. Who would who would trade for him? I wouldn't. Not for nobody. nobody. So he'll be back. Like if they if they if they cut him, that's going to cost him fifty million dollars mm-hmm. of just nothing. So he'll be back next year. And then after that, you can cut him, and it'll still cost you money, but it'll be more reasonable. So what? It's his entire. 2025 salary is 37 million. That is guaranteed March 17th of 2025. So I would assume they will try to move him or cut him mm-hmm. for the end of next season or during next at the end of it. So I, I from whatever I have seen and read on this, this is to make sure that he doesn't get hurt so that he's available for next year because. You don't want this guy who's not very good anymore. His numbers look good, but see him play, and it's just well, football is a Duncan and Duncan, and it's a very conservative approach because obviously he is nowhere near the quarterback that he has. I mean, he just done. And, and and that yeah. may Mary that may very well be the reason. I don't think it's a good reason. I like that is like, oh, football is an inherently violent game. And you're like, you know what? We're not looking to win this year. They're still alive for the division. Well, technically. They're, I mean, they're, they're done. They're, they're basically eliminated from the line. I don't, but, I don't know. What but look, the look who they have to play this week. The, they, they play the Chargers this week. The Chargers are awful without Justin Herbert. I mean, they almost beat Buffalo. And that, that, that's a fluke. I'm not going to look at that. They got, they got pants by I, Vegas. I, I would say the Raiders game is a fluke. Hmm. 63. I mean, the, the the Broncos gave up 70 to Miami, and that's kind of a fluke. I mean, when you're giving up 60 to 70 points, that's the outlier. And I'm sure they're they're not as bad as that, but they're also not as good. Or the Chargers are not as good as probably should have beat Buffalo. Yeah. This weekend. so it's like there's nothing to play for because all right, you win a couple games, everything goes your way, you get in the playoffs. Great. You play Baltimore, you play Miami. That's not yeah. You know, you're going to play the team that put up 70 points against you. That's not good. Mm-hmm. So you're still alive only by a thread. It's it's not worth risking it at this point. If this is the reason why, because you know how much how much how much they would just get destroyed. Mm-hmm. It was out there, and, and I mean, this has been a year where quarterbacks get injured. Yep. And if he has a major injury, it's like, well, shit. Well, he's got to come back next year. Isn't it amazing that out of all the quarterbacks that have gotten injured this year, Tua hasn't. Josh Allen hasn't. I mean, that's remarkable to me. By the way, the New York Jets. You would rather have a healthy Russell Wilson than a non-healthy coming off of injury at 35. So I believe they're not going to say this, but I believe it's we don't want him hurt. Okay. Let's just end this season because you know, it's been a better year, and we're but we're not we're not like the Vikings. Play Jaron Hall at this point; he's probably your best quarterback. Yes, yeah. Of the of the ten plays I have seen him play six weeks ago in Atlanta, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it was good. I'm sure he'll have his ups and downs, but why? Why did they? Guy. The season is done. Give him a shot. Please. Why did Why did Kevin O'Connell say we're going to give uh, Jaron Hall all the reps and stuff that week? And I guess it was because Mullins was injured. But if they were so hell bent on getting Hall in there and having him play, then you wouldn't have. You know, then we wouldn't have Dobbs in the mix, and probably wouldn't have Mullins if Hall is playing good. So I, I'm I'm a little baffled by the Vikings' decision making at quarterback because. I think Jaron Hall is a better gives you a better chance to win than Nick Mullins because I don't think Hall's going to turn it over six times. Yeah, I feel like Nick Mullins. He like a lot of his touchdowns were kind of fluky. He had you know just some just some extremely questionable decisions and passes, and even his touchdowns were Jesus Christ. How did Addison catch this one? Or how did Jefferson? Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, you know. So even his good plays were. A bit unlikely to happen. So we've seen him. And just think, if they had beaten Denver and Cincinnati, we're talking about something completely different here now because the Vikings are still alive for the division. So it it's it, it's baffling here. Uh, New York Jets kept Aaron Rodgers. They gave him a roster spot, and they released a fullback from the practice squad and then re-signed him back and then ended up cutting, I believe, a cornerback. And Rodgers went on Pat McAfee this week and said, that wasn't me, it was the GM, it was Robert Sala, like, they chose it, I was surprised, I thought I was going to stay on IR, and Robert Sala said the same thing, like, no, it was our choice to have him on there. I think that's a load of bullshit. Like, it's just not a... Aaron Rodgers is in entire control of the New York Jets franchise right now. He wanted to get out there, and he's going to try and save face. He's going to say, oh, the media is out to get me. It's because you're a lying sack of shit, and you're a terrible person, Aaron Rodgers. So go to hell. Say hello to Art Bryles. But this is, I don't care what explanation I get from the Jets. I don't care what explanation I get from Rodgers. To hell with him. That This is all him. I believe... The Jets activated him, but, like, he was never going to play this year. Like, you're not going to come back from that injury. Right. Like, you you were never going to play. And then for him I I, I wish they would have been in playoff contention here. Because he said, well, if we were, you know, if we were still in it, I'd be back. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't be back. I wish they would have gone 11-4. Well, yeah. Oh, oh, are you coming back? No. Why not? Well, you said you were going to be back a month ago. Yeah, he said he was going to be back Christmas Eve, and then he said, oh, I'm just not healthy enough after the Jets were eliminated. You're such a liar. You you were the one who said you're targeting Christmas Eve and you're healthy enough. Why are you out there throwing passes then if you aren't healthy? Just for the cameras to to stoke your ego, you narcissistic son of a bitch. Like, just enough. He's a terrible person. Did I hear, like, Kirk Cousins could be back for the Super Bowl if they... Did I hear that? Uh, maybe, but uh, that's, no. You're not coming back for the... No, no. You wouldn't be ready in time for that anyway. So right. it's like, um, you're Achilles, yeah, so it's going to take a long time to recover from. So yes. don't try it. Especially when you're older and 36. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, and, and we'll see what the schedule makers do because the Jets were all over the place because of, because of Aaron Rodgers and what they probably would have been pretty good with him. Yep. So we'll see what they do next year. Well, I think they're going to give the Jets a lot of primo spots. I'm looking up who they play uh, next year. Um, pulling that up here. I mean, you would think Miami and Buffalo are going to be a couple of games. You probably pencil in the Patriots for a late afternoon game or a primetime game, just especially if New England beats the Jets uh, week 18 because the Jets just can't beat New England. 
Uh, let's... They, have, that's a, they don't really have a good schedule. They're at San Francisco. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's a primetime game. That's about it. They're going to finish. Where are they going to finish? Last? Uh, second finish second to last. Uh, third. They'll finish third. The, uh, at the Vikings. Uh, maybe whoever finishes third in the North. If that if it's Green Bay, then that's a that's a guarantee. Oh my God! So hope for a bike. I guess a Viking win. Yeah. If you want to see Rodgers, it'll be at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Oh my! I would. I would open the season with that game. You got Texans. That, that doesn't. That doesn't do much. I get C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson are great. The Texans are an up-and-coming team, but no thank you. The Colts, no thank you. The Rams, the, the Seahawks, no thank you. The AFC West team would be the Raiders or maybe the Broncos. No. Um, that, that has to be your Sunday night opener. Yeah. Or thir- I mean, what, what, yeah. What, what, I mean, in case he gets hurt again, then after that he'd be done. Yep. Like, you have to put. Arizona, nope. Uh, Jacksonville, no, uh, maybe Miami, yes, New England, yes, San Francisco, yes, Tennessee, I don't think so. The AFC not, North, not a good year for, for that. AFC North would be Pittsburgh. I could see that one. Um, maybe Cincinnati because if you want Joe Burrow against Aaron Rodgers, there, there's potential there. And then, um, yeah, the the NFC North team, which either Green Bay or Minnesota. I could see Minnesota being a late afternoon game because of Aaron Rodgers' um, history against the Vikings, but. Uh, if it's Packers, that is without a doubt the the, the primetime game that everyone wants. Yeah, put that out early, week one. Yeah. Don't give me Cowboys Giants. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Well, the big game again this week, Baltimore and Miami. We'll see what happens there. I, I think Baltimore is going to win, but I would love to see Miami pull it out. Uh, the, the Packers have sat Jair Alexander for his gaffe in the coin toss uh, against Carolina. Uh, they've suspended him for this game against Minnesota. What the hell so that, he do? Well, he he crashed the captain's meetings, uh, like to, of the coin toss, and he said we'll be on defense, which is. <laughs> but uh, you, you would say deferred. If you want to say we'll be on defense, then technically that means you're going to kick off in both the first and the second half. You're not deferring or receiving, so they would have lost a possession there. And Alex Kemp, the referee clarified and good on him but i wouldn't have i guess he you know gave them the benefit of the doubt but because of that near miscue the packers have said yeah jair no we're sitting you for a game so he has had a bad year this year as good of a cornerback as he is he's had a he's had a bad year on the field and i would say off the field but this was on the field as well just doesn't seem like a, a, a character guy well lions and cowboys saturday night that's a huge game. Huge game because if the Lions win out and the 49ers lose to the Rams, they're not losing to Washington on, on Sunday. But right. if, they, if the 49ers lose one of their final two games, the Lions are the one seed. I don't think it'll happen. I think Dallas bounces back. I like the way they they came back against Miami, um, only losing by, what, two points. Uh, I, they're undefeated at home. I am not. I'm still not impressed by what Detroit has done. And against that Dallas defense... I don't see Detroit coming out with a win. I think Dallas smokes them at home. I would like, I would like, yeah, I would like Detroit to get the two seed. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, they. Um, yeah. Not with the way the Eagles' schedule lines up. Home against Cardinals at Giants. I mean, this Eagles' schedule just all these games against the Bills and the Cowboys and the Chiefs back to back to back to back. Ended with Giants, Cardinals, Giants. 
Yeah. I, th- I think the NFL did an absolutely horrendous job putting together a schedule. Yeah. Just for, for just most teams, it's just. Well, why would you make the Rams fly? I get it that they had a. They've had a longer week because they played short week last week on Thursday night. But making them fly all the way across the country from L.A. to New York um, and then back again for home. Like, normally you see those West Coast teams want the back-to-back games on the road on the East or, you know, vice versa, the East Coast teams back-to-back in in the West. Uh, to me, I, I'm not uh, – I'm a little perplexed by – some of the some of these schedules and, and how they came up with it. It's never going to be perfect. But... You should never play a team twice in three weeks. Yeah. You should never play a team twice in four weeks. That is... Asinine? Like we're going to play the Lions again next week. That's... Why? That, that... Well, if the Vikings... I'm mean, saying if. If they beat the Packers and if the Lions lose to the Cowboys, the Lions have nothing to play for next week. The Vikings could play and win and get in the playoffs as a seven seed. Um, it, granted, based on what we've seen the last few weeks, that doesn't look likely, but it is a, a potential scenario if Detroit has nothing to play for next week if they're locked into a seed. Just lose against the, just end this season. No, no, no Viking fan could possibly, I want this, I want to see if they can make a run. I'll end this I do. fucking football season. I want them to win. I don't watch them to lose to try and lose. Really, I want to be a seven seed and get my dick punched in by the Eagles again. Are the Eagles all that great? No, but no, I mean, the Vikings suck. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, yep. and end this end this season of frustration of mm-hmm. every game is close. I can't tell you how ridiculous is this. I mean, you've seen it. How um, every game is oh, This is the. It's it's stupid. It goes beyond lock. You think, oh, we should play this team. We should we should beat them by a couple of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That happens once in a while in fucking sports. Or hey, maybe we'll play this game. Maybe we'll lose by a couple of touchdowns. No. Like I mean, every game. What the one the the Packers game is the only one. The last year, what they were eleven and all. Yep. And this year they are what six and eight. Yep. Every game except the Packers game, and they tried to give that away. Yep. They put in Jaron Hall, who never played before, and they're throwing from their fucking end zone. Yep. With like a two score, like I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to watch this anymore. Um, the a couple NBA notes here. Did you watch any of the NBA Christmas games? No. All right. Very good. Neither did I. How about the Detroit Pistons losing twenty seven? Oh, games in a row. It's incredible. They almost beat the Nets. And I feel bad for the Pistons players. They have some good players. Kate Cunningham, uh, Jaden Ivey. Uh, I thought Bogdanovich was, is a pretty good player, but they have guys. And for whatever reason, they are just mired in a 27 game losing streak. Like that is almost impossible to do. And if you look at their schedule, it doesn't get any easier. You have games against Boston coming up and then, uh, they hit the West coast in, in January. Like it's, it's ugly. I don't like, I don't know why you would go to a Pistons game. Yeah, you look at their roster, and you're like, all right. They got some guy. I mean, they're a very young team. And they paid Monty Williams, what, like, the largest contract ever, just a ridiculous amount of money. Right, so you can't fire him. No, he'll be around. And, you know, just 2-28, and 28, though. Like, they've got some younger guys, 20, 21 years old, who are, who appear to be good, mm-hmm. who could be good, so... 
maybe you know, in, in, in three years they'll be they'll be really good. And there's really nobody in the draft this year that you look at that you say, oh, they can get this guy and add him to it. There's really not anybody in the draft this year that really stands out. Like their roster is better than Washington's. <clears throat> yeah, it just is. So it. And you can't fire Williams because you gave him all that money in the no, offseason. Like, I, don't, I don't give anybody that money. It's like, eh, who? You know, fine folks, but what What are we doing here? That's and amazing the Spurs, to think. The Spurs are 4-25. Yeah, they're bad. Washington's bad. I mean, they lost, they lost 18 in a row. So this is, it has been a while since we've seen teams this bad. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, Charlotte is not very good. Are they ever, though? No, no, like it's not like the Pistons can. Oh, we were our number one guys out. It's like no, it's they're just you know it is bad. So yeah, they need one more loss to tie the record. No, like they've beaten it now. That's a it's an in season record. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So like the the seventy sixers. Like in two thousand fifteen, at the end of that season, and then the losing streak continued into the next year. So they've set the record for an in-season losing streak. They need one more for the losing streaks. I don't know why they... If they beat Boston, that will be the greatest upset of the NBA season. Yeah. It will. And you know what what the, the stat of the year is going to be in the NBA? At one point, the Pistons were above 500. And dare I say, there may be teams that never get above 500 this year. And we'll go back and say the Detroit Pistons had a, were above 500 longer in the season than the Washington Wizards, the the Spurs, the the Trailblazers, the Jack, like whoever. They, yeah, like that's what it's going to be. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like making me like you see this on the national news now. The Detroit Pistons are what 47 in a row. Yeah. This, I mean, there, there's a ESPN doubleheader in a couple weeks. I think it's Charlotte and the Spurs are involved. I think it's Detroit and Houston. Houston's not bad. Well, the, the, yeah. I, would, I guarantee the reason they're doing Detroit-Houston is because of the Thompson twins. Sure, do that. And then you've got, like, the Hornets and the Spurs. So that that is a game on TV, like, in two weeks. Yikes. So. Not good. Not good well, at all. Uh, speaking, well, how, how would you evaluate the Memphis Grizzlies? Uh, John Morant's an awfully important piece to that team. They were six and nineteen without him. They won four in a row with him. Two games against the Pelicans, I believe, both in overtime they won. Yes. So I mean, we'll see if they make a oh, probably be in the playoff mix. They are only four and a half back of Penn State, so I'm sure they'll get up there. I'm sure they could. They'll probably be in the playing tournament at this point. Yeah, very possible. Uh, Morant, yeah, very, very good. Speaking of very good, you, my friend, are doing very good in our bull pick'em. I am narrowly in the in the lead right now, but you have a bevy of uh, high point opportunities here. I wish you would stop picking the same teams that I'm that I'm doing, but you have all your thirties, I believe, left. Uh, like you're gonna surpass me here pretty soon. Um, what uh, break down what you what you've seen of bull season so far? I've seen nothing. Okay, very good. All right, there we yeah, go. This has been such a poor. I think I said this. Before, this has been so bad. Like I mean, I guess Arizona, Oklahoma. 
tomorrow would be the first game you could look at and say, oh, it's good. Yep. But Oklahoma doesn't have their quarterback because he transferred to Oregon. Yep. So, I mean, all the transfers and, you know, Tulane's been really good, but their head coach the left. Coach left and yep. their AD left and their quarterback left and – you know, they were competitive versus Virginia Tech today, it seems, in the rain. Well, for a little bit, and then Tech pulled away. And then, so, you know, you would pick Tulane, but then, no, Virginia Tech was like a two-touchdown two favorites. Some goddamn house, Northwestern beat Utah. And that was 42 points for me. 42 points, Zach. Yeah. Northwestern finishes, what, 8-5? and five. Yep. Unbelievable. That is the that is the surprising the most surprising record of the year without any. Anybody else? I mean, uh, I guess Kalen DeBoer won Coach of the Year for Washington. Good for him, but Washington was expected to be like you picked them for the playoffs. It's not a surprise they're in the playoffs. They were supposed to be a team in that mix. Mm-hmm. Northwestern at eight and five. My God. So I've got that was the that's the one big blemish. On my record, Gophers win because they always win. Mm-hmm. So usually I have picked higher point games by now, but there's nothing I feel confident in mm-hmm. in any of these games. I don't know what game we differed on. Uh, well, okay, what do you have, West Virginia or North Carolina? Or what, what game have we differed on before? Um. Oh boy. I I picked West Virginia for eleven. Okay. I picked. Damn it. I picked West Virginia for twelve or fourteen. I don't know what separation is going to be here. For uh, what is that the game going on now? Yep. What's the other game? We got Louisville and USC tonight. We also have uh, uh, Oklahoma State. I have Louisville for twelve. I have. See, I have Louisville for twenty-eight. So that could be a um Oklahoma State and A and M. I believe thirteen. That's I, I don't feel confident in any of these gaming. You know, who do you pick? Mm-hmm. And you know, quarterbacks are out, and I don't know. I it's that's yeah, tough. It, it is tough this year. Um, oh, Florida State is anyone going to play for Florida State this year? I don't think so. Who if, is anyone going to play for Florida State in the Orange Bowl? It doesn't appear so. Thank God they're on the path. My God. I get yeah, this is going to be a trial. I mean, they're going to get. I would assume they're not probably going to score against Georgia. They're not going to score. It depends on if Georgia shows up or not. I think Georgia could walk out there in their pajamas and say, "Yeah, you're not scoring." <laughs> probably. I, I, this is one of those games where I wish they would just keep the Florida State offense on the field. And say, "You're going to be out here till you score a touchdown." I don't give a shit if it takes 50 plays. You're going to be out here mm-hmm. until you can get a touchdown. I don't care if you got to sneak it 50 times. I don't see how long it takes you to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. What a, what a, yeah. Awful. I have nothing else to talk about unless you have something, but I guess the final question I leave you with is uh, with 2023 coming to an end. Is there a moment in the sports world this year? Oh, I guess Yogamaya signed with the Dodgers. Like, this is, again... Just ridiculous for baseball. The Dodgers are buying the World Series. Now, granted, they they don't do well in the playoffs. I get that. But how do you not pick them to win the World Series this year? I'm just so damn tired of the Dodgers. They're I think they're destroying baseball with what they've done. Uh, your thoughts? I'm not picking them. I don't, I don't think that. I don't, I don't know. They're not destroying baseball. Is this good for the sport, though? 
I, I, I don't think it matters. One, like, are they, they, I think what is bad for the sport are teams like the Twins, teams like Pittsburgh, teams like Milwaukee, Oakland, those teams that don't spend. Sure. Like, that's bad yeah. for the sports. I would agree with that. I, I will never admonish a team for spending. I, I will say it's stupid. Like, yeah, you shouldn't give. You shouldn't give Otani seven hundred million. That's just stupid. I mean, that's no. That's that's. I don't think there's been a single contract in the history of baseball that's been of three hundred some million dollars mm-hmm. that's worked out. At one point, do these teams look at this and say, "Okay, this player is going to get a three hundred million dollar ten year deal"? Like Juan Soto is going to break the bank next year if he has a good year. He'll get four hundred some million next year. Mm-hmm. And it won't be worth it. So what? When? When has it ever been worth it? Look at the contracts. And at some point, the player gets old. The player quits performing. Mm-hmm. Like look at what the Padres did. They signed Xander Bogarts for like thirteen years. Yeah. Yeah, the worst year he's had. Mm-hmm. They have Manny Machado who had a bad year. Fernando Tatis had a subpar year. So, I'll never admonish a team for spending money. Okay. They, I mean, they need pitching. And they've got Otani, who's not going to pitch this year. And they've got Yamamoto, who's, this is the biggest contract ever given to a pitcher. And they signed and traded for Tyler Glass now, so they've addressed their rotation. I think they still probably need more. Mm-hmm. I don't think last now throw more than 120 innings in a year. Mm-hmm. Well, how's that going to work? In Yamamoto, you just never know. They never pitched here before. And the Dodgers always seem to have pitching issues when it comes to the playoffs. That's why they haven't won a legitimate World Series in 20, 30, 35 years. Yep. Like, would you prefer he would have signed with the Yankees? Yamamoto? or And it's up to him. I think... Uh, some team offered him the same contract, and he picked the Dodgers. Because why wouldn't you pick the Dodgers? They're always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice location to live, I would imagine. You play with Otani. I would imagine you know or you look up to, or there's some sort of relationship there. Mm-hmm. So, like part of it's the player and say, like, hey, where do you want to go? Want to go to San Francisco? Do you want to go to the Yankees? You want to go to Toronto? Like, no, I want to go to Los Angeles. Do you and think this means that they, they make a lot of money, but then they spend a lot of money? Would it, they would, try to win, and I like that they try to win. Would it the be Twins wise for not trying to win at the moment? Would it be wise for Major League Baseball to institute a salary cap? No, like they've got the, the luxury tax. Because spending, spending does not equal winning. Okay, I was just wondering because I mean the NFL has a salary cap. I believe the NHL does too, but um... the, like the Mets, the Mets last year had a three hundred. What was the Mets? Three hundred and seventy-five million dollar payroll, mm-hmm. and we're off. The Yankees spent the second most money. They almost spent three hundred million. They had the worst offense in baseball besides Oakland. And they didn't come close to getting in the playoffs. Yep. The Padres were third. The Padres did not make the playoffs. True. Dodgers, Blue Jays, Phillies, Braves, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
Texas was eight. They all made the playoffs, so they, they spent money. You got to spend it smartly. The players you sign have to be good. The Angels had it. Somehow the Angels had a $232 million payroll. There's not a man alive who could tell you outside of Trout and Otani who the fuck played for the Angels last year. They had the ninth highest payroll in baseball. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. So, okay. the, uh, the Baltimore Orioles had the like, second lowest payroll, and they won 100 games. So, yeah. spending money does not equal winning. Fair. Fair. So, I'm I'm good with spend all the money you want, try and win. I wish my team would do that. The Twins brought in, I saw something. They brought in a, they, t- a royal pitcher. Great. And then he, the Twins brought in like $260 million in 2022. Which is not a lot, but I'm sure it's in the bottom half. Maybe bottom 10, 10, 10 teams maybe. The Dodgers brought in like $600 million, But the Twins want to cut payroll. Their payroll was at 137 this year. They brought in 260 some million dollars. Doesn't make sense. And uh, you know what? We're going to cut. We just signed Carlos Correa to, two, to a $200 million deal mm-hmm. less than a year ago. And now we want to cut payroll. Even though we have a lot of young players who don't cost anything, mm-hmm. we have Royce Lewis, and we have this guy, we have Alex Karolov, and we have Trevor Larnich, and we have 10 other guys who don't make jack shit. But they want to go, and they want to piece it together, so fuck them. So, All right. good for the Dodgers for spending money for actually trying. If the Twins wanted to sign Blake Snell, they could. Yep. If they want to sign, I mean, they've shown they can sign Carlos Correa. If they want to sign somebody, it's up to that player to then sign with the team. But at least they can be involved in it. So it's, it's very frustrating. The Twins are what's wrong with baseball, not not the Dodgers. Okay. Okay. And may I say, I saw the best college basketball game of the season over Christmas. Okay. It was Arizona and Florida Atlantic. Oh, okay. This was 96-95. Florida Atlantic won in two overtimes. Fantastic. And as of now, six weeks into the season, that was that's the best game that there's been. Okay. In Vegas, great back and forth game. Florida Atlantic got got a big win. That was that was that's, that's been the game of the year thus far, and that was that was fantastic. Excellent. Go Florida Atlantic, take down Arizona. Um, finally, before we go, uh, 2023 coming to an end, is there a moment or two from the world of sports this year that really stood out to you? Not really. Denver Nuggets won a title. That was nice. This was a very bland or blah year, I think, for yeah. sports. Chiefs, Chiefs, who the Chiefs beat? They beat the, the Eagles. Eagles. That, was a good, that was a good Super Bowl. But you think about, like, March Madness. We had Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, UConn. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get who the, like, every year, like, okay, who was in the Final Four? It was those teams that was, who was the other team? There was another. Yeah, it was like Miami. <laughs> Miami, Florida? Yeah. It was UConn. Miami. San Diego State. Was, there was another odd. Uh, Miami. It was Miami. Miami. Yep. Miami was in it. A one seed went down. I guess for me, the thing I'm going to remember, I guess, is the 
Mitchell boys basketball team making the state tournament, I guess, would be the most All right. significant thing to me. I think for me, it would be how the landscape of college sports has forever changed with the the Pac-12 being dissolved, all the ransacking of the teams in this in the conference, and how it's forever going to change college football primarily, but college sports in general. I hate it. Um, it's going to cause significant disinterest on my part. I may be in the minority for that, but uh, just how college football specifically has changed the entire landscape of college sports and the the, the Pac-12 dissolving. I would say, uh, you know, I would say that was live because I remember where I was when I heard that USC and UCLA were going to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. It was, we were on our honeymoon in California. Oh, wow. And we were... That was last year. I remember when that, and we were on this mountain and a very limited internet. And I could get it on my phone, and I saw that, and I'm like, that's not real. And I'm like, it's the, if you blame, I don't know if you blame ESPN and Fox and all the networks spending the money. Sure, I do. Because, okay, if we can get $50 million a year here, why not go here instead of being on Apple TV? So you, you, I blame the, the, I mean, the, all the commissioner and whoever else at the Pac-12 that couldn't, couldn't finagle a deal to keep that conference alive. And then you have Oregon State and Washington State. Like, I, I don't know what they expect to happen. Well, they're going to be in the West Coast Conference for basketball, other stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're going to play Mountain West teams for football. Well, I mean, good on them for getting in with Gonzaga, at least. Like, I don't know, pick a conference, or I guess for them, it's like, hey, maybe we'll just wait a couple years because there's going to be more changes. Like, Florida, like, what is Florida State trying to do? Yep. They're trying to get, because they, is this because they missed the playoff? Is it, if they yes. would have been in the playoff, is they would have, they would have not done any of this. Like, it's, your quarterback got hurt. This has nothing to do with the conference you're in, your quarterback got hurt. That and that's why he missed the playoff. That's him. Jordan Travis breaking his leg may be looked at as the one of the more monumental things that have ever happened. Mm-hmm. Florida State leaves for the I don't know the SEC or the SEC wants they end up. Yeah. And if you're the ACC and if you're other teams. Like Clemson, and you want to chase the money, go ahead. But okay, you lose Florida State. So what? They're they're good at football. Their basketball teams have been okay. They're pretty bad right now. Like they're just they've been good at football on and off. Mm-hmm. But like them moving, you don't need to dissolve the ACC, and hopefully that doesn't happen. Because if Florida State leaves and if Clemson starts looking like, no, just stay where the fuck you're at. Well, you can blame ESPN then for that and blame the Pac-12 yeah. and the Big 12. You can blame everyone for if the ACC dissolves. That is, I, I have no sympathy for those that don't want the ACC to dissolve. I mean, I hope it doesn't, but if it does, it, it's entirely blameable on other parties. Like, what, what, what is uh, the fine? I mean, they're... I don't know what Florida State's going to have to pay to get out of this or how long this court battle is going to go on or maybe they end up staying. So financially, I don't know at what point this will be worth it for them. So yeah, we'll take a big hit now because we want to go to 
one of these other conferences. So we'll, we'll see what I did. Continue to hate Florida State more because, no, your, your conference is intact. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go anywhere. Like, you just yeah. don't. So, like, I'm fine with the finagling. and Like, Chip Kelly got a bunch of press last week for saying something that he said, and we talked about that like six weeks ago. And I think he's spot on with it. I am all for it. We talked about it, and nobody mentioned it then. Because mm-hmm. I mentioned, uh, yeah, he's got this idea of you know every football team's an independent. Yep. And just because he said it before his bowl game at the press conference, and people like he had said that before, but yep. it's weird how those things work. Uh, the bowl it game amplifies. Then it was covered extensively. Bowl game amplifies your message, maybe. Maybe that's the case. But then I think when when all this is done. I don't think there's going to be much of a difference with the way things have been because you're going to have a Big Ten, which is going to have like 20-some teams. You're going to have a Big Ten East and a Big Ten West. And the Big Ten West is just going to be the Pac-12. And you're going to have certain cutoff points. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this kind of looks like what the Pac-12 used to be. And this used to look like what the Big Ten was. And, oh, the SEC East, that's kind of what the SEC looked like. And the SEC West, oh, that's kind of looking like what the Big 12 used to look like. So I think I think that the, like the names are just going to change. But we're going to look back five or ten years and say, oh, yeah, the Pac-12. Right, so there's like six Pac-12 teams I, in the Big 10 West. I, I would be stunned, Travis, if I changed my tune on this. Because it is, it is rec college sports for me here moving forward starting next year. I, am, I don't... I have no desire to watch college football next year, apart from Virginia Tech, Minnesota, and South Dakota State. Zero. I think March Madness is going to be watered down a bit, or the college basketball regular season watered down. I don't need Rutgers UCLA in a conference game. I don't. But, but look at all the games you are getting. Though. I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't care that I might get or that I get Oregon against Ohio State. I don't give a shit. I, I don't. Great. I mean, that's. It's not good for the overall sport. Or the overall landscape of college athletics. So no, I am I'm vehemently against this. Like the, the Big East went away quite a while ago, and the Big East has kind of risen again as a entirely new conference. And like you've got Connecticut, but then other than that, like you know, Creighton is in the Big East, mm-hmm. and Marquette is in the Big East. They should just call it the Catholic Conference. Like you got all the you know, and Providence is good without Ed Cooley, and you've got. I mean, I'm not too worked up about the geography of it and, you know, because, I mean, this was you know, a long time ago. I mean, the ACC adding Pittsburgh, I mean, that's uh, Boston College. I mean, that's ridiculous. You got teams in Florida, you got teams in New York, you got teams in Massachusetts. So I'm not hung up on the geography of it. Like, if you're the Big 12. But that makes more sense. Boston College is on the Atlantic coast. But I don't care about, okay, they call it the, you know, Stanford's in the ACC. It doesn't make any sense. You're right. And they wouldn't be if, if they wouldn't be if the Big Ten and the SEC hadn't gotten greedy and if ESPN hadn't gotten into bed with these conferences. This wouldn't be happening. I'm not happy that Callum Stanford. They're just chasing the money. Yeah, it's bad. And you're making my point. It's bad for the sport. I'm fine with them, you know, go after the money. Go, I mean... That's that's what that's what the business is to make the money. That's 
Well, I hope they lose more people, more viewers than just myself to make it a point. I doubt it will happen. But this year was kind of a blah year, sports wise and college football wise, and because there wasn't, in my opinion, a single big upset that happened mm-hmm. to anything, and you know, like upsets. But like you know, Houston, Houston is what number three in the country for basketball, mm-hmm. and Houston's in the Big Twelve right now. So Houston, instead of forgetting about them when they were in the American Conference, and okay, they're going to be one seed, but really how good is Houston because they're not playing anybody, we'll get to see them play Kansas in a couple weeks. That'll be a huge game. Kansas and Houston could be number one versus number two. We'll get to see Houston actually play somebody during their count. We'll see them play you know, BYU's 11-1. How good is BYU? Or we're not going to have to see them play Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference, we get to see BYU play Kansas and Oklahoma and Baylor and all these other teams. So I think it's, you know, we don't like to see Central Florida play Iowa State, but I think the good outweighs the bad. We've got a ton more matchups, and that's what they're selling. So I'm, I am more excited about what could happen or what is happening because I think it's good that we're these Pac-12 teams. I don't care about USC playing. Who have like it's been a while since we've been excited about a Pac-12 game. I'm hey, glad to see USC and Michigan, USC and and uh, Ohio State. You get to see all of these teams uh, play. You get to see Oregon, and you get to see Washington. You get to see all of these matchups that you would never see before. And I think ratings are going to be huge, and they're going to make more money, and I think it'll be good uh, good for everybody because everybody will be looking at this and be saying, and, and, and teams can lose two games, maybe teams can lose three games and still get in the playoffs so they're not worried about, well, we have to go undefeated because if we don't, we're not going to make the playoff. Now that's not the case, so we should get, even outside of the conferences, we should get more good non-conference games because you could lose at least two games if you're a really good team and still make the playoff, which is, which is what you want to do. I'm glad we're on opposite ends of this because it makes for uh, spirited discussion and various views. So that's the good part. Um, anything else before we say so long for 2023? Should be it. All right. Well, have yourself a happy new year. Uh, have the sparkling cider, um, uh, the... Uh, the Fanta, uh, no, what uh, no, the, the, the squirt? The you have the squirt. squirt. Have the ruby squirt. Uh, go go with ruby squirts here on New Year's Eve. The other drink, Fresca. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Oh yeah, it's, uh, Vikings bring them the bring them the New Year's. That's outstanding. And um, I want to watch uh, Lions Cowboys. I'll take that and I'll see how that happens. Like I got a game stack and I got a game Friday night. Uh, girls play at 3.30, boys play at 9.30 at night. That's ridiculous. And the next day, it's 3.30 and 8 o'clock. So I'm, I'm thinking that Friday night games are going to be starting right around 10 o'clock. They're gonna, they've got 10 games at the Corn Palace Woo. three days in a row. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 8 in the morning is the first game. Holy crap. 10 o'clock at night's the last game. So that's, that's what I got going on. I just got the two Mitchell games... Friday, Saturday, so I'll go home, take a nap, come back. That's how we wrap up. 
Very good. Well, enjoy the rest of 2023, my friend, and we'll talk to you next year in 2024. All right. We'll see you next year. Sounds good. Thank you, Travis. Travis Grins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. I do like that we are on opposite ends of the Kirk Cousins spectrum, opposite ends of this college football uh, or college sports. Like I said, I think it makes for spirited discussion. You get different viewpoints, and I think that's ultimately good. Kind of reminds me of part in the interruption here. Uh, but this final episode, Sports Block Podcast of 2023, rolls on. We're going to talk with Charlie Hildebrand next. He's taking time out of his vacation in New York. He's going to talk about some bowl games and reaction to that. And we'll make some more picks for the rest of the bowl games this week. That's all coming up this uh, on this uh, remaining edition, the last Sports Block Podcast edition of 2023 on uh, iTunes. Just search sportsblock, archive.org, or uh, podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Krins on, tra- on Twitter at Travis Krins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. More college football thoughts, bowl bound, and we're going to talk a little Chip Kelly as well. That's coming up next on this week's, the final edition of 2023 on the Sports Block Podcast. All right, we continue here on the last Sports Block Podcast of the year 2023. Hard to believe 2023 has come to an end, and uh, we have... <laughs> Capital One Bowl Mania Bowl season is right in the we're right in the heart of it. We're really getting into a lot of the good games this week here. Uh, the college football playoff semifinals are approaching, and we have to pick some more bowl games. And that means it's time to bring back my good friend, our resident college football expert from the Northwest Iowa Review, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, let me be among the last to wish you a Merry Christmas and the first among the first, I would assume or presume, to wish you a Happy New Year. You are. Thank you. And let me wish you a soon happy new year also from a rainy New York City. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, New York and uh, the New England area, they're warm. They aren't getting a lot of snow. They haven't gotten really any snow. They're getting a lot of rain. So uh, hopefully you're having a great time out there. Appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes here uh, to... Um, what can I say? I've got a New York minute for you. Yeah, there we go. Yep, you're in the Big Apple. Hey, what about the Knicks? Forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah, Mom, I'm talking here. Uh, I'm trying to eat an everything bagel. How many rats have you seen? How many what? Rats have you seen? I hear they run rampant. Yeah, d- decent amount. Okay. But right. I'm pretty sure at least one of them was Splinter from the Ninja Turtles, so that's what I'm saying. All right, there you go. Uh, before we get into the... the bowl game picks for this week we have a lot to go through here so we are we're gonna kind of get right into it and i want to be respectful of your time out there in new york but um one thing i forgot to talk about last week that i want to get your thoughts on was what chip kelly uh head coach at ucla said i believe this was leading up into the uh the gronk la bowl um against Boise State, but he was talking about how college football needs a commissioner and they need to be separate from all of the other power uh, or the all the other um, sports and that it doesn't make sense for softball like UCLA to go play Rutgers. Uh, it's not good for the student athlete. And he, he kind of spouted off on a few things there like, oh, you, you play like the Western teams play like the same seven and maybe you play a few Eastern teams like every other year, which that doesn't make a lot of sense, but overall, he made a lot of really good points. Did you hear any of of what he said, and what do you agree, or do you agree with what he said? Because I, this is not the first time that Chip Kelly has brought it up, but um, he's clearly thought a lot about it, and yeah, I think it would be great for not only college football, but college athletics in general, because 
with all the conference uh, expansion or realignment and how I, I, I'm not a fan of it at all. But, you know, certainly it is hurting student athletes, especially in these less revenue sports like a softball or baseball, gymnastics, whatever. Um, you know, maybe football does need to just be its own separate like, entity and have a, a commissioner that all of the conferences uh, uh, like vote upon. But what did you think of his uh, comments? Um, I think it's like many things that I think it's a good idea in theory, but the devil's always in the details. And I just, I mean, I, I could be wrong. College football's changed a ton, you know, just since, I mean, not even since we were kids. I mean, even just since, you know, we've been in college and left college, it's changed a ton, mm-hmm. you know, where there's pro sports that don't go through nearly that much change in, you know, half a century. You know, baseball's gone through a few changes in the last couple of years, but before that, it was essentially not that much different than it was in the 1970s in the MLB. But the the biggest thing, in, you know, this is, again, just a, it's not that this couldn't be worked around, but I don't know that I think coaches maybe want a conference commissioner or want a league commissioner or a national commissioner or whatever you call it. Yep. I don't know if the presidents or the conferences do because they would technically be like ceding power to someone else then. And, uh, you know, I don't follow politics closely and generally try to not delve into that too much. But, I mean, to some degree, it would almost be like, hey, guess what? What if North Dakota and South Dakota and Iowa and Nebraska and Minnesota just got rid of their governors and just had one person govern all five of them? And each of those five, you know, there would be people that would be like, oh, yeah, this would help us in many ways. Mm-hmm. But I think there would be a lot of people that would be like, no, we're not ceding any of our power to anybody else. We want to keep what we've got. We're not giving this away and letting some guy that other people pick pick what we're doing with our livelihoods. And I think that would be one of the 10,000-foot view biggest detriments Couldn't it to be? that potentially happy. But, yeah. but the upside, I think, but the upside is, you know, there's obviously a lot of things that you'll never get all the conferences to agree on. But if you had one person that could change that, you could get some changes that would be good. The downsides to changes that would be bad, too. And then we get into politics stuff where, you know, if you have a great president, things are great. But, you know, if you elect Mussolini or Hitler or someone <laughs> like that, clearly, yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen with collegiate sports. And if they did, they wouldn't have that kind of power because they don't control the country. But, or maybe I, I shouldn't have gone with World War II stuff. I should have said, you could also accidentally elect Larry Scott or whoever the current Pac-12 guy is. So I've already forgot his name. George Where it's just like, oh, yeah. Where it's just like, you're clearly awful at this. And now we're in a worse spot than we were. The, the one thing, though, I think that's, that's interesting, because you can make it a comparison to the NFL here with Roger Goodell and the... And the the college football, and I don't know, I would assume it would be the presidents. I doubt, I don't think it would be the athletic directors. But if you made the presidents essentially be like the owners, really, it's the commissioner that is answering to the owners. So well, the, the presidents and the, the conference commissioners, not the athletic directors, but I would say it's, I sure. agree, it's the, it's the school presidents and it's whoever's in charge of the conference. But if, it, but if they are separating out from, like, the rest of the, like... I feel like they would make specific conferences up for for college football and leave the rest of the conferences as is for basketball and baseball and, and all these other 
sports. I think you would make up new conferences. So I don't know if you would have, like, the, the conference commissioners or whatever wouldn't have a say as much as the presidents would. Maybe. And that's where, like you said, the devil is in the details here. Um, I, I was going to make make another point here that uh, that he mentioned, um, Chip Kelly, and, it, and it's escaping me right now. But I, I just think it's, it's, it's really interesting how he went about that because obviously he's thought about this a lot and this does impact UCLA perhaps more than a lot of other schools. I would say the coastal schools are the ones that are impacted by this the most. So they, this is an opportunity for them to try and get some creative thinking. Oh, th- this is what I was. Yeah, the, the four Pac-12 schools are affected far more than the other. Well, I'm thinking, 10 schools I'm thinking are, like or you the think, other 14. Right. I'm thinking of like Rutgers and Maryland and like heck even Penn State and stuff. Like that's a that's a haul you know for them to fly cross country as well. But he did say like hey Notre Dame is independent for football and they're with the ACC for everything else. So that, if they can make it work, we should be able to make it work as a whole for college football. And I do agree with that to a to a degree, but you would have to make some concessions along the way. But I, I like the idea. I wish that is where college football would go because all of this conference realignment is driven entirely from college football and it impacts, I would say negatively, the other sports uh, like basketball and all, all, all these other sports at these schools. And we've seen that it has now completely dissolved the Pac-12 practically and down to the Pac-2. So you've devoured a conference through the greed of college football where if you made it its own separate entity you you would be able to the Pac-12 would still exist you wouldn't have like Oregon State and Washington State now joining the West Coast Conference as was announced last week like you wouldn't have that so I, I do think there is something to be looked at here for that especially if you know to, to avoid more conference realignment you bring up a good point, and I'm not saying that this would happen. I don't know. There's always weird ripple effects you don't see coming. It's worth noting also, though, that the, the downside could be that they do that. And they say, we're going to do our own. And also then college football basically is just like, well, actually, we're only going to have 12 teams. And right. we're only going to have the 12 or 15 at the top. So we do still have those other conferences, but now nobody cares about those. So, I mean, it could be that. I you think, know, if this would happen five years ago, and, and I'm, you know, this is all theoretical, and I don't know if I think this would happen, but it could be that the Pac-12 was still there, which would be good, but that there's only eight schools and nobody cares about the Pac-12 because you know USC and Oregon are in the magic special top of the line conference with Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, and Texas and Oklahoma, yeah. and you know five other schools, and that's it. And then it's not just like the small schools that are getting. The small and bad schools, but it's a lot of like medium school that you know, like the Wisconsin's and Kansas States, and sure. maybe even like the Clemson's that are like, oh wait, we're good at times, and we're roused over to now. And I think what I'm should... not saying that would happen, but yeah. but that's the that's the thing with all of this is there are so many moving parts and pieces and different, you know, people trying to look out for themselves first. Well, I that think even you like, just never know how it's going to go. Like Chip was saying too, like you'd have sixty-five, like the you know, like the Power Five conferences would be one kind of like division, and then the other five would be the you know the subdivision, and then you'd have FCS. But you could kind of then maybe do like a Premier League soccer type, like you know how they 
uh, they they relegate. Yeah, like, promotion and relegation. Yeah, like that would be motivation. You know, you would have that then for like the Arkansas states, the Akron's, the the UABs of the of the lower. If they really country. did that, I would be all in. I I don't care for European soccer at all, but the promotion and relegation idea is fantastic, and yeah. I would up. Anything that goes to that, I'm like, that's fine. Well, if, I'm, I'm okay with that. And we've seen that these teams can like can compete with some of the power five schools at a degree. You know, like obviously not all the time, but if you get promoted, then obviously that's going or like you know relegated or, or promoted to the big leagues. Then that's going to help recruiting. Like you're going to get better recruits, and that helps oh, the sustainability. Yeah, we need to so, take this five steps further, stacking. How many times do you see a great mid-major school that their coach leaves for a bigger job? Exactly. All of a sudden, you can keep your coach now. You're yes. like, oh, wait. Actually, we're in the SEC now, and we're going to be able to get more money and keep our coach now, too. Exactly. We don't have to find a different guy to replace our one-to-the-generation coach. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very good point there, too. I think there's a lot that can be done with this. Now, this is something like that's a, probably a pipe dream at this point, but Chip... You're right, but also, I mean, we're not that long ago from when we were younger. We're a playoff, let alone a 12-team playoff, seemed like a pipe dream. So, right, or I mean, it like, could happen. Or even, you know, the, the amount of conference realignment that we had seen wasn't going to... Like, if you had asked this a decade ago, maybe 15 years ago, we would never have said, oh, yeah, USC and UCLA are going to be in the Big Ten. Like, no, that's not going to happen. The Pac-12 isn't going to dissolve. And here it is, like so. It, it has happened. So it's it's interesting to keep an eye on that and see what, if anything, comes about from this. But uh, I would hope that more coaches would get on board with Chip Kelly on this, so he doesn't just seem like the crazy person in the corner. Uh, I have to think maybe he said the quiet part out loud that there are more coaches that want this. He's the first one to say it, and hopefully more coaches. We'll get on board. But let's make some picks here so you can get back to enjoying your time there in the Big Apple. Uh, last week, we picked all the, the bowl games uh, through the 26th. So the, we begin on the 27th then. It is the uh, this is where we really get into the, the bowl games, three, four bowl games a day through Saturday, which is great. And then Monday, uh, a ton as well. So on Wednesday, let's start with the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com, which doesn't make a ton of sense. This is in Annapolis, Maryland. 6-6 six six Virginia Tech against 11-2 Tulane. 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, uh, who do you like in this one? I tried to go similarly to when I picked you go first to win. I couldn't find a way to do it this time. I take in Tulane, although it's for 13 points, so I'm not, like, mega, mega confident in okay. that either. I... I was going with Tulane as well, but their head coach is gone now. I believe he's at Houston. Not sure where the motivation is for Tulane. Virginia Tech's got a lot of uh, good pieces, a good quarterback in uh, Kevin Drones, I believe is what his name is, but uh, Kenny Drones, very good. They're all coming back. I think Virginia Tech motivated here. I like Virginia Tech 19 confidence points. So notice I went Virginia Tech and Minnesota. They were they were low double digits to begin with. I They gradually moved up uh, thanks to some news from other bowl games, but I have them right next to one another, Virginia Tech and Minnesota. 19 and 20, respectively. Uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte. 8 and 4 UNC against 8 and 4 West Virginia. 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, uh, who do you like in this one? 
Uh, in this one, I've got West Virginia. I think part of it being that I think West Virginia will be more excited to play. I think North Carolina, there's maybe a bit of, well, look how good we can be, and then they kind of fell off their face. Yep. So I've got West Virginia for 23 points. I liked where you're going there. Uh, Drake May's not playing in this game. They, uh, North Carolina's a bunch of transfers. As you said, they're kind of disappointed. And West Virginia came out of nowhere, I would say, to make uh, to get to bowl eligibility. I certainly didn't have them there at the beginning of the year. I have West Virginia as well, 13 confidence points. Uh, the Direct TV Holiday Bowl in San Diego, number 15, Louisville. Uh, they're 10 and 3 against 7 and 5 USC, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Charlie, how about this one? Uh, in this one, I've got Louisville for 24 points. Oh, so close as well for me. Uh, no I think this is one that Louisville's definitely going to be more excited to play. Yep. USC yep. and vice versa. Caleb Williams not playing. A disappointing year for USC. Bunch of transfers. For USC, I don't know where that does. I, I Louisville, listen, you, you should have beat Kentucky. Would have been nice for you to beat Florida State. So they're coming in on a two-game losing streak. I think some of the shine has rubbed off a little bit from what Jeff Brown's done in year one. But I too hey, like guess what, though? He's pretty good on offense. And you know what? USC, not, not good, good on, on defense. Yeah. So they should be able to get that offense figured out pretty quick against you, USC. Well, maybe Matt Enns can get something done here in a, in a week or, or two. Now that he's the new linebacker coach at USC since North Dakota State season is done. Oh, um, I mean, we're excited that South Dakota State plays Montana, right? It would be nice to beat North Dakota oh, State yeah. again. I would have rather had South. If I knew that SDSU would lose to North Dakota State, I would much rather be like, sorry, let's just lose to the semifinals. Yeah. Yep. If they lose to Montana, I mean, I'll be disappointed, obviously. But it'll be more. It'll be much actually, even less so than I was when I lost to Sam Houston because they never won one then. Yeah. For this one, it'll just be like, well, that sucks that they lost. They still had a great year. Too bad. Where I, if it was to North Dakota State, I would probably be despondent the rest of the day. This could be the only year or the the last year for a while where South Dakota State is so much better than North Dakota State. But I agree with you. It's almost like I, I don't even want to risk it. Here, but uh, I do I do think the Jacks will win. We'll, we'll talk about that here at the new year because that will um, coincide. It'll be the day before the national championship game there in Houston. Um, but I like you. I have Louisville for 28 points. Uh, the, speaking of Houston, the Tax Act Texas Bowl is in Houston. 7-5 Texas A&M uh, against 9-4, number 20th ranked Oklahoma State. 9 p.m. Eastern on 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, who, who do you like in this one? This one I feel a little weird about because Oklahoma State has maybe been the most bipolar team this year. Mm-hmm. But Texas A&M, fired coach, maybe the one of either Texas A&M or USC are like the most underwhelming teams this year. Now, granted, Oklahoma State has fallen on their face a couple of times, but has also looked like a world beater a couple of times, too. So I've got Oklahoma State for 25 points. Um, I think Max Johnson, the A&M quarterback... Uh, he transferred somewhere. Yeah, and I always have a thing about where the where do these SEC teams play? Like, what what day do they play? Because if it's like before New Year's Eve or like right around there, if it's not a big bowl game, they're just not interested. They're like, we we went through all the, this whole entire season to play in you know the you know the Boca Raton the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Now, granted. The Tax Act Texas Bowl is a little bigger than than some of the like the Camellia Bowl. No offense, um, 
But I, I too, have Oklahoma State winning it. They'll be more motivated here. I have them for 21 confidence points. So It is worth noting that, if I remember right, a did not play in a bowl game last year. So while it's not like they're playing in a great one. Yes. Yeah. It could be that they're excited because they are in one period. And also, I don't remember... Uh, or let's see, what is it? Is it? I've already forgotten who Texas A&M's new head coach is. Oh, uh, Matt Elko, the Duke head coach. That's right. And I don't know if he's coaching that game. You know, it's always weird with mm-hmm. teams that go to bowl games after their coach gets fired. Where is the new guy like going to be the coach, or is he going to be like, "Oh, I'm not going to coach, but I'm going to stand on the sidelines." And- judge on you guys right i don't know what's going on there but it's possible that it could also be like oh hey we actually really do want to play because we've got to look good for this new guy exactly right but either way i'm still taking oklahoma state let's go to thursday then december 28th the wasabi fenway bowl uh is this the second year for the fenway bowl or the first i know they've tried it in years past and they had to cancel it for for various reasons covid mainly but uh it's number 24 smu what, uh, 10 and 2, 11 and 2, whatever they are. Again, 6 and 6 Boston College, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, who do you like in this one? Stacking, this isn't my number one, but it's not that far off. I've got SMU for a mere 41 points. It is my third most confident pick. Uh, listen, at Boston College, it, like, how motivated motivated are they to play in the game in their, in their like, 10 miles from campus. I get Chestnut Hill is not in Boston, but big whoop. I mean, it's it's a suburb. And SMU, I feel like they feel like they SMU's were... legit good this year. Yes, they and are. And they were... Still... I don't know if Boston College almost beat Florida State. I don't know if they did anything else that was that impressive this year. They were snubbed, arguably, from a um, New Year's Six game. So I think they'll be a little more motivated to show people like, hey... We should be in the the Fiesta Bowl over Liberty. Uh, so give me SMU for 42 points. We're very close on this one. Very yeah, we're, close. Also, we're incredibly close on that one. Uh, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. So just down the road there, uh, interesting. Fenway and the Yankee Stadium here are going to be uh, the site of games pretty much back-to-back. 6-6 six and six Rutgers against 7-5 and five Miami, Florida, not Miami of Ohio. 2.15 p.m. Eastern, 1.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, uh, who do you like in this one? I didn't think about this. I'm realizing I could go to this game. I don't think I'm going to. I don't know if Miami and Rutgers is something that screams, oh, my God, look how great that is. Um, ugh, I feel weird about this. I, Miami's clearly more talented. I've got Miami winning I don't feel great about it because I do think that Shiano might be a better head coach. Mm-hmm. I think Rutgers is going to care more about this game. I don't know if Miami even remotely is going to want to be there. But usually when I pick against Miami in cold weather games like this, it's like, well, they're also playing someone that's pretty good and does this really well. Well, I don't know if Rutgers does anything that great. So I've got Miami for 26 points. Same. Charlie, we are we – are... <laughs> Like this is this Twice. is scary almost. Like we were, we had a couple. We had one spot on last week. We had two very close, and we have. I mean, four point differences on both Louisville and Oklahoma State, and then one off with SMU, and the same with Miami, Florida. I mean, my God, like that's that's impressive stuff. 
I mean, you know, when, when they created us in that lab stack, and they, mm-hmm. there was obviously a lot of residual left over. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yes. Great minds think alike. Uh, the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando, 9-3, and three, number 18, NC State, against 8-4, and four, number 25-ranked Kansas State, 5.45 p.m. Eastern, 4.45 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, uh, who do you like in this one? Is this the one where they've got, like, the Pop-Tart that there's the winner supposed to eat afterwards? Like a large Pop-Tart that they all eat? I th- it might be, yes. I think so, which that's weird. And I think I would... That's weird, and I think I like that they're doing that because I, you know, if you're not one of the eight or nine biggest ones, would I you, feel like you have to do weird okay, stuff. Okay, would you that. rather? So I respect that. Well, okay. So last week, or is it two weeks ago? Last week, uh, in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl, uh, UTSA's head coach got a, a, a coffee dumped on him, and he said it went down his crack. Um, and he th- said that was a weird feeling, but he was excited. Well, I mean, it's a liquid. If, if you get dumped, it's going to go all the way, probably all over. And we so. know that the mayo, the Duke's Mayo Bowl dumps mayo on the winning head coach. I kind of like the idea of them eating a giant Pop-Tart or just getting dumped with a whole bunch of Pop-Tarts and make it hot fudge and have it frozen. Though that's the way to go. Dumped frozen pop So we're trying to knock people out no, now, no, too? No, like the hot fudge... Pop-Tarts. If you ever had the hot fudge Pop-Tarts, you have to have them frozen. Um, that's the only way to go for that. Um, otherwise, you could go cherry or Are you whatever. saying eat it or dump it on them, though? Well, both. Both. You could dump on it. And if then you're you dumping a frozen solid food object, though, like you all... It's I mean, Pop-Tarts aren't, like, huge. But a frozen Pop-Tart's got a tad bit of weight where it's like, actually, you could kind of hurt somebody with this. It, it could. But regardless, I think that's why you don't dump it on. You, you, you all just eat a giant Pop-Tart afterward. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think that's fun. I, I think that in terms of, like, let's do something to stick out a little bit, but that's that's fun. I like that. Also, uh, I've got Kansas State winning for 27 points. I have Kansas State winning for 7 points. I... I, I I don't want to go against Dave Doran, but uh, I'll go with Chris Kleiman here in Kansas State. I mean, Dave Doran seems like he's always eight or nine wins. They're at nine right now. I don't know yeah. if he's getting to ten. Oh, that's true. It's true. The Valero Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, nine and three, number fourteenth ranked Arizona versus ten and two, number twelfth ranked Oklahoma, nine fifteen p.m. Eastern, eight fifteen p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, Charlie, who do you like in this one? I said before that with forty-three points, twenty. The 21 to 22 is the threshold mm-hmm. of more confident or less confident. I've got Arizona for 21, so it's my maximum minimum pick. But So it's it's less confident, but it's the most of my less confident. And mostly it's just picking against Oklahoma. This is the game, I think, that this is the first like really big game to me. Like the, the one that I'm very intrigued yeah, by. Yeah, they're both ranked in the top 15. They are, and... I was going to go Oklahoma, but Arizona has played so well this year. I think they're going to be very motivated to play. No uh, Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma because he's in Oregon right now. I have Arizona for 23 points. So very close again uh, on on that one here. Uh, Friday, four-game slate again. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. 8-4, and four, number 22-ranked Clemson against 7-5 and five, Kentucky. Noon Eastern on ESPN. Charlie, uh, who do you have in this one? This was one I went back and forth on a few times. If I remember right, I kind of just leaned on Las Vegas. They have Clemson favored, so I've got Clemson for 29 points. Um, who is the guy? Uh, Tyler. Tyler is responsible for Clemson's turnaround season. 
They're going to beat Kentucky. I have Clemson for 35 confidence points. It's pretty high. I mean, they're going to have to put Tyler on staff at some point. I would think so. I would think so. Tony the Tigers Sun Bowl, 8-4, number 19th ranked Oregon State versus 9-3, number 16th ranked Notre Dame, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Charlie, how about this one? This is another Las Vegas one, but the more I think about this now, I'm a little, I'm a tad bit more leery. But I've got Notre Dame, and I've got Notre Dame for 39 points. Okay. I, I, all right, if I remember right, because it's a while ago that I picked this now, I think it was because while Oregon State's good, it seems like whenever Oregon State plays somebody else that's good, they lose. Mm-hmm. And we can debate how good Notre Dame is. But I think they're at least good. I mean, I'm, I don't know if they're the 16th best team in the country, but I I mean, they're probably around there. So that, basically, that's my thinking. Well, so I went back and forth with this one as well. Oregon State, they don't have their head coach anymore. He's at Michigan State, Jonathan Smith. I, oh, that's right. That was the other reason, is losing yeah. a bad coach. Too. I, I really wish he would have stayed at Oregon State because he did a great job. But they promoted their defensive coordinator, so there's some stability there. Uh, I don't believe DJ Uyagale is playing in this one. He transferred out. So, but on the flip side for Notre Dame, Sam Hartman's not playing. Uh, Estime, the the running back, he's not playing. They have a few other guys out. Will Marcus Freeman be able to get his guys motivated to play this one? This to me is a I, the the coaching and the, and the starting quarter both starting quarterbacks out makes this a little more unbearable to watch. I'm going Notre Dame for 16 points. I don't feel good about it, uh, but, yeah, it's kind of like what you said. You kind of just pick the better team. Oregon State's just kind of a middle-of-the-road team. If they were at full strength, they had their head coach, if if DJ were playing, I think I would pick Oregon State, but I, I have to go with Notre Dame here. We were talking about promotion and relegation earlier. Yep. I forgot about the Jonathan Smith leaving for Michigan State. Uh, if Oregon State can all of a sudden get promoted to a better conference, or if you know, the yes. Pac-12 is just, hey, we don't have these bad schools. We're all good schools. I think it'd be a lot more likely he's not leaving his alma mater to go to Michigan State. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 9-3 Memphis against 7-5 Iowa State, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, uh, who do you like in this one? Given Iowa State credit that, you know, despite having their starting quarterback and other guys, you know, not on the team for the gambling stuff in a weird early start to the year, they've regrouped. Matt Campbell's done a good job. I've got Iowa State for 30 points. So I I brought up earlier that Boston College is playing at Fenway Park, which is like 10 minutes down the road from their campus. How motivated are you to play in that same city? Memphis is playing a home game here. Like, they are playing at, yeah. at the... And, and not in the way that, like, Miami would in the Orange Bowl when it's like, hey, if we win, we win the national title. Right. It's just, uh, yeah. This is just, hey, we're in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Whoop, whoop-de-doo. Like, where's the motivation? Oh, let's go to Beale Street. Oh, wait, we could go there anytime. So, but they could have the... They, they, well, they could have the vast home crowd majority. Like, does that matter at all? I... I don't know how good Memphis is compared to Iowa State. I got Iowa State for four points. I I, I don't know. The home crowd to me is a factor. I, I, the motivation, I have no idea. I have just zero idea. Iowa State for four. I think part of it was, if I remember right, this was another Las Vegas spread one where it was like, oh, Iowa State's that big of a favorite? Well, I guess I'm just going to pick Iowa State then. And it's, it is interesting with 
like the the spreads and whatnot because the spread will say one team but if you go to look at like the espn football power index it'll say the opposite team with like 10 15 20 percentage points higher it's it's weird that way um yeah that, that that was a tough one and then how about the goodyear cotton bowl classic number nine ranked missouri at 10 and 2 against 11 and 1 seventh ranked ohio state 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central time on espn this one, if they were playing in September or October or November, I would take Ohio State. But the way things have shaked out, losing their starting quarterback, and I'm sure whoever they have replaced, you know, may technically be more talented. I think it's a it. Lincoln Colhays from Pier, potentially. But it isn't as it may be more talented, but isn't as experienced and you know as much of a veteran as McCord. And also, I don't think it's going that far out on the limb to say Ohio State's probably disappointed to be playing in this game and not in the playoff. Mm-hmm. So I think this is one where I'm saying I think, I'm guessing motivation, which sometimes can get you burned. But I've got Missouri for 12 points. Missouri is motivated to play in this one. Marvin Harrison Jr. is contemplating playing in this game or returning to school. I don't know why he would. Don't play in this game. Go to the NFL draft. It's I regret. No, I, I I don't agree with I, Go to the NFL, I agree. Play in the game. Okay. Why not play in the game? He's a top five pick. Like if He'll he, still be a top five pick unless he dies, and the what? odds of him dying are drastically low. What if you I mean, he's got better odds of getting, in, uh, getting hurt, getting in the car accident than he does playing in the game. That's true. What if he tears his ACL, though? He can tear his ACL at any point That's, in time. That is true. That is true. You're and I think at the end of the football. day, if you're going to spend a top five pick, you'd want to spend a top five pick on a guy who says, I want to play football, not a guy who's going to be like, well, you know what? We're seven and six right now. I don't think we're going to win the division. We're not going to go to the playoffs, maybe, even though we technically could. I'm going to sit out the rest of this NFL season. Saying you have all these other guys who are pulling out for Bulga, and I like that he wants to play, but he shouldn't be coming back. Go to the NFL draft. Regardless, Missouri- I do agree that – He's good enough that you might as well play against the pros and get paid a lot more money to do it. Missouri has a, a lot of good guys, I think, that the world will, will find out about. I have Missouri for 17 confidence points. Uh, finally, then, we go to Saturday and the Monday's game. So the, the final, what, nine bowl games prior to the national championship. So on Saturday, the 30th, we have the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. 10-2, and two, number 11th ranked Ole Miss against... 10 and 2, number 10th ranked Penn State, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN in the ATL. Charlie, who, who do you like in this one? I've got Ole Miss for 31 points. I think Penn State's good. Penn State's defense is good. I've seen Penn State just not do well in big games this year. Granted, it's not like Ole Miss has won all these big games either, but I feel more confident that Ole Miss will be able to get some stops and still score points than I do that Penn State will be able to score points while also getting some stops, if Ole, that makes sense. Ole Miss has done a fantastic job in the transfer portal. Uh, great job by Lane Kiffin there. Uh, I've been very disappointed by what Ole Miss has shown me in bowl games here in recent years. But, uh, was it Chop Robinson, one of the defensive ends for uh, Penn State, is not playing in this one? And Penn State's biggest strength is their defense. I think Ole Miss will be ready for this one. I think they will be motivated. Uh, they will have their guys playing. Is it, I think Jackson Dart is playing in this one. I like Ole Miss. I don't like them as much as you do. I have them for 14 points. 
uh, the Trans Perfect Magic City or Music City Bowl, not Magic Music City Bowl, six and six Auburn against seven and five Maryland, two p.m. Eastern, one p.m. Central Time on ABC. Charlie, uh, who do you like in this one? I've got Auburn for thirty-two points. I don't remember when I make this pick. I don't remember if someone from Maryland's not playing, yep. and that's what made me. Tua's brother isn't. Tua's brother isn't playing. That's right. Okay, that's what it was then. That's why. That's why I picked Maryland, or I picked Auburn to win. I had, don't feel great about it, but also I'm taking Auburn. I had Maryland. Points. I had Maryland at nine. I've I've sw- since switched that to Auburn. I think I bumped this one up to like fourteen or fifteen points, but. Right now, I have it written down at 9. I'll likely change that here. But uh, Auburn for 9 points. Uh, the Capital One Orange Bowl, number 6, uh, Georgia at 12-1 against number 5, Florida State, 13-0. We, we know that we've heard all the stories. We've heard all the arguments, the reasoning and whatnot. 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, Charlie, who do you like in this one? If Florida State had this starting quarterback, and we could debate whether they'd get in the playoffs then or not, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 I'd look at it differently, but they don't. And it's also tough because you don't know motivation, but you could say that for both teams because both teams wanted to be in the playoff and neither got in. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Georgia. I'm taking Georgia for 34 points. Mass exodus of players leaving Florida State. Um, I know that the players who will be there are motivated to show, hey, we are the better team, but Georgia – yeah, it, this is like a, you know, does Georgia really want to be there? Well, I think Georgia is saying like, hey, we want to show that we should have been in the college football playoff as well. I have Georgia for 39 points. I don't know why there is not another game at night on ESPN, another big game. I don't know why this game is at 4 p.m. on Saturday. You would think you know, you'd put something on Saturday in primetime. But uh, the last game on Saturday is the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. 11-2 Toledo against 8-4 Wyoming, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on the CW Network. So that's nice. Uh, Charlie, who do you like in this one? Uh, in this one, I feel less confident about. I'm going to Wyoming, but only for eight points. I'm going Toledo for 30. No reason, just Toledo seems really good. I think they were the team that you picked for the group of five, if I recall correctly. They were. They were, and they're good, and I don't know why I just – probably like picking an upset and if i'm gonna pick one i'm not gonna go for as many points well wyoming is gonna be motivated because i believe craig bowl is retiring after this game so they want to send him out on a high note so retiring so we can go back to north dakota state i know they already hired yeah so that doesn't work who is on the wyoming staff currently or maybe maybe not now that he's left finally monday new year's day we have the rely quest bowl in tampa used to be the outback bowl it's a shame that they changed it. Uh, seven and five Wisconsin against nine and three number thirteenth ranked LSU noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central Time on ESPN two. Charlie, how about this one? This is not my most confident pick, but man, it is close, close as it could possibly be. I've got LSU for forty-two points. Now we know, and D- even though Daniels might not play or isn't going to play, yep, he's not playing. This is more of a not picking Wisconsin. Yep, not playing. Uh, LSU, 33 points. So, not quite as confident as you, but I'm still going with LSU for for 33 points. Uh, The VRBO Fiesta Bowl, number 23-ranked Liberty at 13-0 against number 8-ranked Oregon at 11-2. 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central on ESPN. Charlie, how about this one? This one I've also got pretty high, and this is also just because Liberty has not played anybody good. 
And I do not think this is going to be a UCF. So like, oh, wow, look how great they are. Uh, and also, I think Oregon's a lot better than that Auburn team that UCF beat with Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Oregon for 35 points. Oregon, 43 points. Yep, I am most confident in Oregon annihilating Liberty in this one. The Cheez-It uh, Citrus Bowl in Orlando, 10-3, uh, number 17th ranked Iowa against 8-4, number 21 ranked Tennessee, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on ABC. How about this one? This one, I've got Tennessee for 36 points. And this is, uh, Iowa is very good on defense. I know Cooper DeGene was hurt and missed the Big Ten title game. I don't know if he's playing in this game. But either way, I don't think Iowa's going to get to more than 14 or 16 points. And while they are good enough to hold Tennessee to fewer than that, I don't think they will. I think Tennessee's going to get to 17 or 20, and that would be enough to win. I would agree with that. I have Tennessee for 27 points. Uh, finally, the two semifinal games. First one in the Rose Bowl. Number fourth ranked Alabama against number one ranked Michigan, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. I control find, and it looks, there we go. It was giving me the winner. I was, I was trying to pick the national title game. I was trying to get off of that. Yeah, I mean, I picked Alabama to win the national title before the year. I don't love Michigan. I would rather Michigan win than Alabama does to at least keep things different. But the idea of Alabama getting time to prepare and also getting the year, oh, my God, how come Florida State's not in? Alabama shouldn't be in is the rat poison that Nick Saban wants to feed his team to make them angry. Mm-hmm. And I do think Michigan's good, and I don't, I don't, uh, it could happen. I don't think this is going to be if Michigan gets blown off the field and loses by four touchdowns, although that is possible. I do have Alabama. I've got Alabama for 14 points. I have Alabama for six. Not confident in this one, but I want to see them take down Michigan. I, I do. And then Jim Harbaugh can uh, stay in the so the SoCal area and then just take the Chargers head coaching job. So no, not even he doesn't even have to fly back with Michigan. Just end it right there. Drive on down the road to SoFi Stadium. Take the Chargers job. I mean, why even drive down the road? Just strip off on the sideline after the game, there you down go. to everything but his tidy whities and just put Chargers stuff on. Yeah, the powder well, like, What are you doing? Be like I have accepted the job. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, and the powder blues would look good on him. And he was a former. Uh, Chargers quarterback. He was so. a Charger. Do you remember who, uh, I don't know if he was the only guy who touched him, but in a weird bye-bye-bye how the turntables thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know who one of his head coaches was with the, with the Ben San Diego Chargers? It was Marty Schottenheimer. Um... This is a guy more famous. Probably, this is another guy who would be more famous for other things, not being the Chargers coach, but uh, former Oregon State Nebraska coach Mike Riley was the Chargers oh. coach for like two years. Wow! When uh, Jim Harbaugh was there. Wow, that is yeah. insane. Uh, I did not know that. Uh, finally, the Sugar Bowl, number two ranked Washington against number three ranked Texas, eight forty-five p.m. Eastern, seven forty-five p.m. Central Time on ESPN. How do you see this one playing? I think we mentioned this when they first or talking when they unveiled the four teams. I think Alabama and Michigan is the biggest game in terms of storylines. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest game in terms of the one I'm most excited for, and I think it'd be more fun, is this one. I'm very excited for Washington and Texas to play. 
And I went back and forth on this one, too. But when the lights shine brightest, Washington seems to really show up, especially on offense. I've got Washington for 11 points. I've went back and forth on this one, too, and I, th- I think I still will go back and forth. Yeah, see, we've both got plenty of time to change yeah. it three more times, still. I, I agree. I think Washington is the better team. I, something just kind of tells me that Texas, though, is... It's back. Is, uh, yes, at least for one more week until Alabama annihilates them in the national championship game. I... That's a long ways for Washington to come play a semifinal game. Um, I, I, I'm going Texas 15 points. I, I I want Washington to win real bad, but it's also close. You know, Austin's fairly close to New Orleans, as you know, comparison to Seattle, and that really does shouldn't matter, especially for a, a playoff game. But I I think Texas is going to find a way to win. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I want Washington to win, but I'm I'm leaning Texas here. Fun question I just thought of right yeah. now. Um, I would prefer it not to be two future SEC teams against each other or two future Big Ten teams against each other. Yes, yes. Um, That's a great so point. So assuming that doesn't happen, which yep. I think there's a good chance that it will, uh, but assuming it doesn't, which, you know, which future Big Ten SEC national title game would you like to see more? Would you rather see... Alabama against Washington, or would you rather see Texas against Michigan? Alabama against Washington, no question. I agree. That would be the one I'd rather want, even though I think that's much more likely that Alabama wins. Yep. I think I like the idea of everybody, outside of a few Washington State and Oregon fans, and maybe a few SEC fans, everyone being like, oh my God, let's go Washington. I hope Washington wins. I think that'd be fun to see. We're with Oklahoma, we're with Texas, and that Michigan. I think it'd be a weird split because those are both teams that a lot of people don't like for various different reasons. I don't think a lot of people would be like, "I just hate Washington now," unless your favorite team's a rival of theirs. I just think that Washington's offense is super fun, and my it would be fun so, to watch them. Yeah, so I, I, I would agree. But uh, yeah, I think we're in alignment there, and we're in alignment on a lot of picks here. Um, so it's going to be a lot Which of fun. Which makes me feel good because you're doing good picks standing-wise. It should make you feel bad because well, my picks have not been as good. For now, uh, I have to just... Uh, just you're, you're doing better than Schottenkirk, so that's that's the important part right now. So And, you know, we can still shift stuff around and change our minds. Oh, yeah, for sure. Still. For sure, but right now, that's what it is. I mean, I switched it three times just in that sentence. Exactly right. Well, I'm going to let you get back to New York City and enjoy enjoy your time out there. A happy New Year, my friend. Enjoy uh, any time that you get watching these bowl games, and uh, we'll chat with you in the New Year. How's that sound? That sounds good. Thanks, Dakin, and I will eat a large slice of pizza and thank you the entire time. At Sparrow's, right? The the original. The, yep. There we go. All right. <laughs> or maybe one of those street vendor hot dogs. We'll All right. See. Very good. Or maybe I'll just, just pick up a rat off the side of the street and eat that. I don't know. We'll see. Just find the Law and Order building, too. So There you go. I'm going to walk around making that dun-dun sound until I find it. Exactly right. Awesome. Thank you, Charlie. Yep. Thanks, Dagger. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join me here on that. I appreciate take, him taking some time out of his uh, vacation in New York. Oh, he's there over the holidays, so that's very nice. Uh, wow, we are very close on several of these games. Um yeah, you, you like that? You a little nervous? Eh, it's going to be fun. 
bowl season is in full strength, and we'll see who is going to be playing for the national championship game here soon enough. But we will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at week 16 in the NFL and make some picks for week 17. The penultimate week of the NFL regular season this year. Crazy. We'll get to all that next here as we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast for the final, the final Sports Block Podcast of 2023. All right, we'll wrap up the final uh, podcast of 2023, the final Sports Block podcast of 2023. Look back at Week 16 in the NFL and make some early picks for Week 17. So let's go back to Week 16. Began Thursday night. The, the L.A. Rams beat the New Orleans Saints, what, 30-23? to 23? Uh, Let's see if the scoreboard p- proves me correct, or is it 30-22? to 22? Uh, It was 30-22, to 22, excuse me. The L.A. Rams did another good Gabe Puka Nakua, awesome game. The Rams dominated this game. Saints got back in it, but Rams were pretty much the best team from the get-go. Then on Saturday, a a doubleheader won on NBC, and then on Peacock, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals 34-11. The Jake Browning, uh, fantastic story. That appears to be over. Bengals' offense looked dreadful. How about George Pickens with a couple of long touchdown catches in this one? The Steelers roll. Both teams are now 8-7. and seven. The Bengals 0-5 within the division in the AFC North. Then on Peacock's Saturday night, the Buffalo Bills beat the LA Chargers 24-22. Give the Chargers credit. They looked far better in this game than they did uh, like what previous week against the Raiders. Uh, that abysmal performance or week before. Regardless, um... Easton Stick played okay. The Buffalo Bills played down to the level of competition, but they ultimately get the win 24-22. On Sunday then, uh, we talked about it. The Detroit Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings 30-24. Nick Mullins, four interceptions. Some terrible officiating in this one, but that duck thrown by Mullins at the end. With the Vikings having a chance to win the game after Justin Jefferson made an incredible catch on third and 27. And Brandon Powell goes for 24. It's like, oh, the, the Vikings have it? No. Nope, because Nick Mullins threw a terrible interception. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Indianapolis Colts 29-10. Good performance by the defense for the, uh, for the Falcons. B. John Robinson company did what they needed to do to get the win and stay alive in the NFC South race. Green Bay Packers beat the Carolina Panthers 33-30. Packers had a big lead in this one. Carolina, Bryce Young played his best game of the year, came back and tied this game up, but the Packers ultimately win field goal at the end. The Packers nearly lost in offensive possession because cornerback Jair Alexander crashed the captain's meeting at midfield and said they wanted to be on defense, which is not the same as deferring, not the same as, you know, kicking off. And uh, he has since been suspended a game for it. So uh, Jair Alexander with a miscue there, but fortunately uh, Alex Kemp, the ref, kind of clarified things, and the Packers... Did get that offense possession, and they ultimately won the game. Cleveland Browns beat the Houston Texans 36-22. This game was... The the Browns dominated this game. The Texans tried to make a late run, but it it wasn't. Joe Flacco, big game. Defense played great. Browns looking awfully, awfully good. Uh, New York Jets beat the Washington Commanders 30-28. The Jets had a big lead in this one. Give Washington credit. They came back, actually had a lead, 28-27. Jets had fumbled this one away. Jacoby Brissett came in in an in place of a ineffective Sam Howell and uh, almost had the, gave the Commanders a win, but the Jets prevail with a field goal at the end to win 30-28. to Seattle Seahawks beat the Tennessee Titans 20-17. Titans had the lead 17-13. Looked like they were going to get a win, which would have been huge for a lot of NFC wildcard teams, 
but Geno Smith led the Seahawks down the field to a game-winning touchdown. Ryan Tannehill played in this one. Will Levis was out with an injury for the Titans, and the Titans defense could not hold off the Seahawks' late rally, and they get the win. What's wrong with the Jacksonville Jaguars? They're a team in complete free fall right now. They've lost four games in a row. They lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30-12. Trevor Lawrence, ineffective again. He hurt his shoulder uh, in this game, so we'll see if he can even play this week against the Carolina Panthers. Tampa Bay is now on four games in a row. Mike Evans, a couple of touchdown catches in this one. He's playing great. The Bucs are playing great football right now. Chicago Bears beat the Arizona Cardinals 27-16. Uh, Justin Fields had a good day. Uh, I mean... Yeah, you beat the Cardinals. That's that's what you should do. But the Bears, impressive here after starting out 0-4. They're 6-5 here. So the Bears are uh, showing a little bit of life here at the end of the year. Miami Dolphins beat the Dallas Cowboys 22-20. Uh, pretty good if you're the Cowboys' defense to hold that explosive Miami offense to five field goals. Jalen Waddell did get hurt in this one with a high ankle sprain. Doesn't... Seems unlikely that he will play this Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, but the Miami Dolphins drive down the field late, get that game-winning field goal, and beat Dallas 22-20. Stunner in mile high, the New England Patriots beat the Denver Broncos 26-23. Patriots had a big lead in this one. It was 23-7. The Broncos rallied to tie the game up late, and Chad Ryland uh, kicks a 56-yard field goal with a couple seconds remaining in the Patriots. Beat the Broncos 26-23, to almost effectively ending any hopes of the Broncos getting a playoff spot. Oakland, uh, then the Las Vegas Raiders, Oakland, that's fine for me. The Christmas Day triple header, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs 20-14. to Horrible loss for the Chiefs. Their offense is abysmal. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, the, Ra the Raiders rookie quarterback, didn't complete a pass in the second half. And yet somehow the Raiders won because the Chiefs offense is just terrible. They need to figure things out in a hurry. Philadelphia Eagles beat the New York Giants 33-25. Tommy DeVito, the star Italian quarterback that everyone loves, well, he got benched for Tyrod Taylor in the second half, and Tyrod almost led the Giants back to a win or uh, would have forced overtime, but uh, pass fell short, and the Eagles prevailed. Devontae Smith with a touchdown catch in this one. Uh, Jalen Hurts with at least one rushing touchdown. Eagles got the win. And then the latest game of the year of the season featuring two great teams, Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, Brock Purdy threw four interceptions in this game. And the Baltimore Ravens, after getting off to a slow start, offensively scored on seven. On six of their next seven possessions, or the next seven possessions, they get the 33-19 win. Brock Purdy did have to leave the game with a stinger injury, but he should be okay for this week. And that leads us to... Week 17, it begins Thursday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on Prime Video. The New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go Cleveland here. Uh, defensively, they should eat up uh, the New York Jets offense. Trevor Simeon getting a start for the Jets in this one. Browns can clinch a playoff berth with a win. I like the Browns to get the win in this one. Saturday night, then ESPN, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. The Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. The Lions still have a shot at the one seed. The Cowboys have lost two in a row, but they're undefeated at home. They're a different team at home. I like the Cowboys to get the win over Detroit here. Then on Sunday, Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. This is, uh, remember last year, that fantastic game between the Ravens and the Dolphins. Dolphins came back and beat Baltimore. That was like week two of the season. I think uh, Baltimore is going to get the win here because it doesn't sound like Jalen Waddle is going to play for the Dolphins. If the Dolphins were at full strength, I'd love to see them get the win here. But we'll go with Baltimore 
to beat Miami. New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Go with the Buffalo Bills. Bills are hot right now. Yes, the Patriots have played great, but uh, the Bills, they have playoff aspirations. They're going to get the win in this one. Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. I, I, the Bears are just playing a little better football right now. I don't think the Falcon, Falcons are up and down. Can we get the same team that showed up last week against Indianapolis? I'm not sure. Take the Bears in this one. Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. C.J. Stroud comes back for the Texans. They're still clinging to life or hope of a playoff spot. Got the Texans beating the Titans here. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Let's roll with the Raiders. Uh, Antonio Pierce says that team playing so much better right now, like the Raiders, to beat the Colts. Carolina Panthers at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. The Jaguars have lost four in a row. Trevor Lawrence may not play, but uh, they're playing the Panthers in that. If you can't beat the Panthers, then, yeah, then you're done. Taking the Jaguars here. LA Rams at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Uh, Rams, they're, they look really dangerous right now. I think the, the Giants have been playing better. They've, they've been playing tough, but uh, no, I like the, the Rams here to get the win. Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Eagles still can kind of control their destiny uh, for the NFC East. Also a potential you know, one seed. Need a little help, but, uh, you know, the 49ers. But I like the Eagles to get the win over the Cardinals. New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Disappointing year for the Saints. They have looked bad, to say the least. Bucks have won four in a row. Baker Mayfield playing great. I like Tampa Bay to get the win in this one. San Francisco 49ers at the Washington Commanders, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Jacoby Brissett will get the start for Washington. But San Francisco coming off of that bad loss to Baltimore. Want to get that that taste out of the mouth. Yes, short week flying cross country. Not great for early kickoff, but the 49ers get the job done here. They're just way better than Washington and they'll get the win. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I want to pick the Steelers, but uh, the Seahawks. Yeah, we're going Seattle here. Playing at home, the 12s, they'll, they'll be the difference here. I like Seattle to get the win. LA Chargers at the Denver Broncos, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Broncos are going with uh, Jarrett Stidham now. No more Russell Wilson. I think the Broncos will get the win here against Easton Stick in a game that no one really cares to watch. Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. This is not Jake Brown. Uh, this is not uh, Joe Burrow against Patrick Mahomes. It's Jake Browning. Chiefs, you got to figure stuff out here. you got to get the job done. I'll go with the Chiefs here, but don't make me eat my words. And then Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Take the Vikings in this one, regardless if it's Nick Mullins or uh, Jaron Hall at quarterback. thinking it's going to be Jaron Hall. But uh, Vikings, this is your last chance to play off. Both, this is an elimination game for both teams when it comes to the playoffs. But we'll go with the Vikings here to end the year with a win at home. And those are your week 17 picks. Again, uh, the blog site is undergoing some construction, so we don't have a blog right now. So those are your official picks. Uh, thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast in 2023. We appreciate it, as always, and hope you return to listen to our podcast in 2024. So for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. You can find the podcast on podcast.com or archive.org. 
Also on iTunes, just search Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Sacken, Travis Krenz on Twitter at Travis Krenz, Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Have a safe and happy new year, and uh, hopefully 2024 brings great prosperity to you all, and uh, let's end the year with a bang. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, have a safe and happy new year. Goodbye 2023, and we'll talk to you next year in 2024 with another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.